0: This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get ready to fall back into good hygiene and impeccable grooming with Manscaped. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with promo code LASERTIME. House Party holds a pajama jam, Donnie Darko is ignored, and the biggest entertainment property in history is solidified. This week on 302010. Hello everyone and welcome to 302010, the LaserTime Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years ago into the pop culture past. Movies, TV, video games, music, and so very, very, very much more. From the perspective of a single week, and that'd be, that would be October 22nd to the 28th in 1991, 2001, and 2011. We're going to talk about all the cool stuff that came out in that period uh, and how much things change in just 10 years. I know that shouldn't seem weird for how fast things change nowadays, but back then it was... a uh, uh, exponential. Anyway, I am one of your hosts, Chris Antista.
1: I'm Diana Goodman, and sometimes I question your commitment to Sparkle Motion. But of all the endless combinations of words in all of history,
2: it's me, Sarah, Ooh. is the most beautiful.
0: <laughs> Hopefully you guys get some of those. Those are light teases into what we'll be talking about, because there's so many just really fun things to talk about this week. Seriously, oh, yeah. nothing that like breaks the box office. But uh, personalized things, and and I think one of the one of the for people slightly younger than me, one of their most defining films uh-huh. uh, is out this week, and uh, will be ignored. If
1: you, <laughs> for yeah. the Yeah. Well, it's I, it's not a nonstop recommendation fest like last week, but we do have a lot of interesting things. Hell yes. yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Well, So why don't we just get started? But first, I gotta tell you, the show is executive produced by Paul Fierce. God, I hope you're involved in the fighting game community. That is a great name. But said
2: <laughs> you better work, bitch. Fierce. Hmm.
3: Fierce.
0: Come
1: uh, through, Paul Fierce. Paul Fierce. So come many, through.
0: Many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time supporting this show and many others. We are recording a 30 2010 games after I do this. So I'm assure you things are gonna get back up and running. My stomach is almost healed it is okay for me to sit um especially if i have a little of the uh, social lubricant in me i can sit and edit once again and we also have thirty twenty ten. what do we call it nobody wants classics in the corner diana's classic corner turned into a <laughs> neat little show what
2: the greatest title ever invented.
0: That I, I I stand by what I said. I
2: remember what that it is.
0: that'll be funny once, and I'll never be able to say that <laughs> ever I again. I'll regret but that
2: till the day I die. <laughs> but be, but it's it's
0: the great things about things uh, on Patreon. They don't have to be uh, SEO optimized. It doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter at all. We don't even have to introduce ourselves before a show. It's great. So go check that out if you want to see us freewheeling, possibly a little drinker, a little more drinkable than on this show, if you can believe it. But anyway, let's begin as we always do in 1991, October 22nd through the 28th. Halloween is almost upon us. Um, and we have so many wonderful pieces of news to tell you about, to remind you of what was going on this week in 1991, such as A Woman is Crushed. To death with a giant umbrella as part of a Christo art installation, she gets swept up by the wind.
1: Yeah, no the the giant umbrella as part of this uh, art installation by Christo and Jean Claude is these giant umbrellas on a hillside. First they did it in Japan, then they did it in California, right. and uh, one of them gets grabbed by the wind, and they're large umbrellas, and they hit a woman, and she died. Death oh. by art. I I would love like a deep dive
2: into the insurance situation on this because, (laughs) and how did this affect future Christo installations? Like what if someone got like trapped up in the giant wrapping around of the island? (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) definitely going to increase your art insurance costs, right? That's true. You're going to wrap that Reichstag in all that fabric. You got to make sure no one gets tangled in it, I guess. I'm I'm just assuming you're telling the truth because
0: I don't know anything about Christo other than what we've just talked about. And he sounds a lot like a Ben Stiller character. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Also this week, uh, the two year experimental Biosphere 2 in Oracle, Arizona begins with a, With eight people locked in a self-sustaining environment. If you have not seen that documentary on Hulu, it is phenomenal. It
1: is the one with Polly Shore in it?
0: No, not Biodome. It's just it's about
1: that documentary. It's
0: about it's about the 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 biosphere started by artists and cultists. It had nothing to do with science at all. And they completely if if this is what I'm thinking, and I'm pretty sure it is, Mm -hmm. uh, they almost immediately run out of air. And it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, the, the crazy, a crazy story made by pretty rank amateurs in like venture capital funding.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a really good idea. I think like it's something you have to do to think about how would we live on the moon or Mars? You know, you Mm -hmm. have to have a self-sustaining environment full of like plants and animals that can recycle the water, make your own oxygen. And, uh, you know, instead it, it just, it goes straight to hell. Yeah eventually it starts out okay and then they realize like we're not growing enough food we're always hungry oxygen levels start dropping you know by the end of the year you know they're splitting into factions and refusing to talk (laughs) to each other yes they're eating the seeds instead of growing the food because they're just too goddamn hungry and sick of this shit yeah
0: yeah and and, uh, again i didn't even because i remember this being all over the news and you just assume like way to go nasa i'm like this wasn't a government organization of any kind it was a private yep. for-profit thing and it was supposed to be a tourist attraction to come wave at the people locked in the biosphere and yep. i'm not kidding like it's it's an insane story that i didn't i didn't begin to know the i didn't know the beginning of until this hulu doc so it's on hulu oh. i forget what it's called uh yeah. very helpful but
1: i guess it's still out there and owned by university of arizona now
0: yeah oh i don't doubt so it so it's
1: like oh okay because yeah it was expensive like they have their own rainforest so yeah it's gonna cost That's... some money that's
2: where all the frats do all their initiations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I dare you to run up and touch the biosphere.
0: <laughs> and uh, you,
1: you, pussy. A little
0: slice of news that meant the world to me at the time. Ted Turner acquires the Hanna Barbera library and rights for three hundred and twenty million dollars, which is Ooh. kind of chump change. But like, its its library wasn't as deep as something like Marvel or even Star Wars and like it's just uh Ted Turner is acquiring libraries and content solely for cable. And we see yep. this now only in terms of streaming channels, but Ted Turner was, you know, kind of ahead of his time and wow. that like yeah, I want to keep starting channels and I can't do that without stuff. And if the more stuff I own, the more libraries I have access to. I will... cuz he didn't try and buy MGM. He tried to buy their library and he did. Mm-hmm. Um, yep,
1: and this is literally why there's Cartoon Network. Yep, he's yeah. no longer with us, correct?
0: No, no. he's still around. Maybe
1: still is. I oh, don't, he's still I, okay. I,
0: I, I thought I heard he's not well because he doesn't okay. really do anything publicly anymore, and he's somewhere around the age of eighty or ninety.
2: And he's yeah. mainly known for just being an all-around business m- man, businessman. Businessman, like but he, you
0: know, but like a bleeding heart that demands Captain Planet be created and run on all of his channels.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, but uh, like he was never. I don't know. In show in in show business, like well, sort before. of,
0: yeah, yeah. Bought the oh, Braves.
2: Oh, like, like he was an, an actor. actor or he was not. Oh no no
0: no no. But he oh, did okay. very much want to be a part of the entertainment business and acquired oh. companies and lockdown. It kind of cre- is is one of the pioneers of cable. He really is. Twenty-four hour news syndication sports—he he did all that before mm-hmm. anybody else was.
2: He's definitely yep. someone I think that's ripe for a uh, a biopic or yeah. a Ooh, yeah. interesting I documentary would, at the documentary, very least. documentary is, is series. Kind of a mystery, I think, to a lot of people, and I think so many people would be surprised how much he has had his hand in culture, in the culture that they consume, especially in the south. Yes, oh especially yes, especially in the yeah. south. We
0: will have a moment. In a few seconds, where we talk about one of his acquisitions paying off huge, mm-hmm. uh, je- mm-hmm. in this very segment, and it's it's going to permeate through a couple of things that we talk about. T um, yeah, he's
2: a real mystery man. I yeah. know
0: more. I, I think we we I've eaten with Sarah at Ted's. His bison oh, slinging many a time. <laughs> and sl- also,
2: he ended Jane Fonda, one of the most yeah. gorgeous, amazing, like genius women of all time. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It's got to be doing something right. Yeah, they're, apparently we're...
0: they're still friends. There were all these reports. You'd see them around my hometown because uh, they just love to stay out in the wo- stay out in the rustic woods and then eventually come into a town, which I guess what you can call my hometown. Anyway, moving on to movies of nineteen ninety one, October twenty second through the twenty eighth. Oh, I should say that we have a big episode about Hanna Barbera of Laser Time coming at you. Been rough going, but uh, man, I love Han- talking about old Hanna Barbera stuff. It's interesting. I sh- I assure you, movies of nineteen ninety one, October twenty second through the twenty eighth. Johnny Staccino, a.k.a. Johnny enough. Toothpick, with Roberto Benigni, who has been working long before we ever noticed him.
1: Oh, yeah. I was, like, looking. Is this his first movie? Oh, not even close. No,
0: it's, not it's even after as a Down by director.
1: Law. Oh, he made a whole bunch of movies before that, you know, in Italy. But uh, Johnny Stacchino, a.k.a. Johnny Toothpick, is the first Roberto Benigni movie I saw in, like, maybe 1993? Mm. Back when Bravo just ran artsy shit. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, this man is a fucking genius. And then they turn around and put him in Son of Pink Panther. And I was like, I am disappointed in everyone. Right.
0: I forgot he was supposed to replace uh, Peter Sellers.
1: Yeah. Which is, I mean, not a bad call, but uh, that movie still sucks. But this movie is so goddamn funny. Oh, my God. This movie is really funny. It's a very simple, dumb story of this guy... Uh, who's like drives the short bus for the special needs kids. And it's just like a fun guy, but he looks exactly like this mob boss. So they're going to like have the mob take out a hit on the bus driver. And then the mob boss, who's also played by Roberto Benigni, you know, can go into hiding. And, you know, the mob boss's wife played by Nicoletta Brashy, uh, benini's usual co-star and wife. You know, she's she's the mob boss's wife, and she sets this guy up to, you know, get whacked by the mob, and he's constantly not getting whacked, and then she starts falling for him, and it is just lots of really good slapstick and incredibly silly. Wow! And one of those things where I just like happen to see it on TV, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Hmm. Son of a bitch! Why have I never heard of this? Yeah, it's I, on yeah.
2: YouTube, right?
1: I believe it's just on YouTube. Probably Perfect.
0: seems like yeah. something that would be on YouTube. Maybe the same yeah. could be said for uh, Adrian Barbeau, Martin Ballslam. Ball. I wanted to say Ballslam. That's not it. Balsam, no. uh, E.G. Marshall, and Harvey Keitel, and two uh, two evil eyes. Never heard of this.
1: I hadn't heard of this either, but it's weird. It is two Poe short story adaptations, what? one by George Romero and one by Dario Argento. What? I know. I'm... I was like, again, why have I not heard of this? I'm like, oh, yeah. the reviews weren't great, but. Mm. I love anthologies. I'm
2: so pissed I did not get a chance to watch this actually because we are in spooky season. It seems like it's the right time for that sort of thing. Yeah. And I believe it's on Tubi or Voodoo or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I was it's doing not my research. Yeah. One of those great yeah. streaming services with no search function. Thanks, Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> uh so much of the stuff is on Tubi this week. Damn it. Yep. We also have then... Michael Parks and Chuck Norris and the hitman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're <laughs> saving more money by shooting these in Canada now. Oh, man. man Chuck right. Norris is going to the Great White North to fight some, like, Quebecois mob bosses. I don't know. Oh,
2: it almost sounds like describing what it's like to shoot Hallmark movies. But it's like, <laughs> we just go to Canada. We'll just shoot a bunch of them.
0: Yeah. I want yeah. to be able to put these Nobody people really in knows in the, the summer. Because
2: it's all the same.
0: Uh, no, no. We also have High Heels with uh, Victor Abril and Mar- Marcia Paredes.
1: Yep. Uh, Another theme for this week, hard pivots from movies we've recently talked about, because we recently talked about The Skin I Live In, the Mm -hmm. Pedro Almodovar movie with Antonio Banderas. We have both of them back this week doing Not That Thank Fuck. (laughs)
3: Uh,
1: High Heels is a straight-up old-school melodrama, but done with that uh, Almodovar something in that, like, well, someone's going to be best friends with a drag queen, and there's going to be a lot of questions about gender and identity and love and you know your parents and a, a lot of critics didn't like it at the time and i feel like maybe they didn't get what he was going for he was going for a 50s douglas Sirk melodrama kind of mm. kind of feeling mm-hmm. and i i mean i like that kind of shit i thought it was fun but not as not as light as a lot of his other movies are which we've already talked about timey up timey down they're usually weird but oddly gentle mm-hmm. and yeah no if you're into if you're into like Mildred Pierce style melodramas, yeah, High Heels is, is pretty good. I liked it. But, oh, thank God no one's skin gets removed.
0: Well, What'd Oof. you think of uh, Mary Steenburgen, and Francis McDormand, Jeff Daniels and Demi Moore in The Butcher's Wife? Mm, this sounds bad. It is. <laughs> she knows what you want.
3: I see you wearing this at a nightclub. You're
0: singing. So cool. She knows what you need.
1: There's love waiting for you behind the friendly face. Do you really think she's clairvoyant? Oh!
3: One woman, Marie.
1: She's wonderful.
3: Has the magic. Demi Moore, Jeff Daniels. I believe in you.
0: The Butcher's Wife. Rated BG
1: 13. Starts Friday, October 25th, the theaters. Ep- Eesh.
0: Uh, hey. I remember seeing this box in every video store, and it never even occurred to me it was Demi Moore because of. They made her blonde. I don't think I've ever seen her blonde in anything else.
1: Nope. Yeah, she plays a lady who's like clairvoyant or is she and you know, she literal helps magic people. pixie dream girl. <laughs> yeah, she helps like people realize their dreams that they don't even realize are her are their dreams and you know, she's looking but yes, she's still like looking for love for herself and oh it bombed the critics, all hated it, Demi Moore hates it. She was like I just wanted to make bank after ghost, you know, I wanted to <laughs> get the payday up and so i just took whatever and i don't like it yeah that's how it, everyone feels so it, i
2: actually just read her autobiography inside out really? which i think is like a really int- it, it's not as good as the jessica simpson's auto <laughs> simpson autobiography that i raved about a little while ago but it's still pretty good and she really does go in hard on all of her 80s and early 90s film roles and if you're interested in that sort of behind the scenes stuff uh from her perspective I, it and she goes into talking about The Butcher's Wife and how she felt about it and how she felt about filming it and everything and why she took the role. Like, I would absolutely recommend reading or listening to her autobiography and maybe just skipping to the parts about her actual film roles and then skip to the parts where she talks shit on Ashton Kutcher because oh. that's really fun too. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. She, I mean, her autobiography is okay.
0: Yeah, hmm. give it her And she give talks
2: her- a lot about this situation.
0: Okay. And then moving on to a movie. Jesus Christ, I hated this. Just, Mm. oh my God. Just, let's remember this was marketed to me. Little me is from the people who brought you home alone. You have my attention. And then it just (laughs) goes, uh, Fred Dalton Thompson, John Getz, Kelly Lynch, uh, James Belushi, who, and uh, Allison Porter in Curly Sue. The world's biggest charmer is America's smallest con artist. Now, they're going from the poorhouse to the penthouse, and they get what they deserve. Ever, ever. A family. James Belushi, Curly Sue, rated PG. Start. I remember even my sister didn't like this, so... No, there's
2: nothing wrong with this movie. No, really? Oh, really? There's not, there's, I rewatched it for the show. There's really nothing wrong with this movie. Uh, has, it's fine. Uh, James Belushi it is snappy and dumb it's not i mean (laughs) that's what's wrong it's okay it's fine it's it's this guy he's a grifter he's got a little grifter girl with him they they're trying to get along you know fine and they meet this lady who they kind of try to con into like taking care of them and instead they kind of all start to like each other, want to become a family. There's literally nothing wrong with this movie. It's a fine, fam- <laughs> it, it's a fine family movie. Like, I, it does not deserve the hate that it gets. Again, I think it's that James Belushi stink that I also don't
0: really understand. That's has kind of an annoying name, Turley Sue. Okay.
2: I mean, yes. the little girl actor is at times annoyingly precocious, but again, mm. that... And put her next to Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. It's the same fucking thing. Like, it is. I'm sorry. I don't know. And I don't know what this kid
1: did afterwards. I guess she. She won she... The Voice in 2010. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. That's All grown weird. up, she won The Voice. <laughs> that's wild. I know. It's like the same thing of like, I wonder what ever happened. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. Wow.
0: And that's how much <laughs> it does for your career. I'll never have heard about it.
2: Um, you know, I. <laughs> I think that this movie definitely appealed maybe more to little girls. I remember watching it when I was growing up. Uh, it came oh, on oh. HBO probably a lot because yeah. uh, there's a little bit of a princess story idea in it where, you know.
0: Why not? Getting, why not a home alone for little girls?
2: It's not that <laughs> <laughs> except for instead of, I guess, booby traps, you get like a bunch yeah, of like com- nice clothes and like bathing. And, and does anybody <laughs> does
0: anybody get come up?
2: Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Kevin McAllister
0: started rich.
2: A, a <laughs> shitty, like rich boyfriend that's like, ooh, let's go to the opera. Like, fuck <laughs> oh, these boars. God, I hope he gets I hope he gets whipped cream
0: spilled all over his tuxedo.
2: <laughs> I... Basically, I mean he loses his girlfriend to James Belushi, so Oh
0: This is John Hughes' fifth movie after Home Alone last year.
1: Yeah. This, this is his last one as writer director, right? Yeah, I think so. He just retires um... from writing directing
0: deliberately writes terrible movies like okay
1: (laughs) just fucking terrible
2: this has john hughes all over it then and Mm -hmm. it's it truly is not bad
1: it does not deserve the hate that it gets all
0: right
1: Uh, right. i'm sorry it felt like someone trying to do john hughes and failing to me Hmm. but that's me i'm a cynical asshole so
0: he's a busy man i wish he talked to us longer so we could know what he thought about this movie
2: also, too, I want to bring up again be sure vibes are all over this movie. <laughs> that early 90s, like rich, like, oh, my Chardonnay, like, is all over this. And I kind of love it for that aesthetic as well. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay uh, but man, God damn it. Movie that's wonderfully evocative of its time period. Oh, my um, God.
1: It's such a time capsule.
0: Wonderful fashion. And I'm wonderful shocked music.
1: that it makes it to, to number, number one. Number one. Office.
0: Number one, suck it, white people. Queen Latifah, Tisha Campbell, Martin Lawrence, Christopher Martin, and Christopher Reed. You know the two Chrises can only mean kid in play. Uh, house party two, the pajama jam. Yo, think about it. A house party, a house party, a pajama jammy jam. Ah! I don't know what you come to do. I
3: don't know what. to you-
1: That is the best ad I could find. That had yeah. the most talking in it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is just like shots of house party, shots of house party logo. The
0: special Which, appearance. Come
1: on, this is radio.
0: Special appearance by Tony Tony Tony. I I I Matt convinced me to stream House Party 1 this year, last year, and I forgot how fucking fun these, these movies were. I, I just I loved it's on net all the house party movies are on Netflix or at least the holy trilogy. I think they made mm-hmm. two more without kid and play, but uh, that's
1: bullshit. Yeah, I think I I had never seen the first house party ended up having a lot of fun with it. It kind of sucks that Robin Harris passed away. The guy played his dad.
0: Yeah, but I love how they address it in the movie. It's like my dad but... died in between the last movie and now instead of trying to recast him or yeah. have a voice from an adjacent room. Yeah, um, it's a, Old yeah. Footage. <laughs> it's a bummer because that's but, that's the most live action footage I've ever seen of Robin Harris. As a Bay yeah. Kids fan, um, really neat.
1: Yeah, but I'm I'm bummed that like I almost feel like there's they're they're lying to us by calling it House Party Two because there is a house party. Yes, that the movie builds up to, but that's not most of the movie.
0: Yeah, well, that was Yeah, that's the same. It's sort of the case of the previous film, and also
1: yeah, it was more House Party in House Party compared to House Party Two. It's
0: true, but it's also like. You're adults now. Is this really that yeah. crazy a scenario? You can throw a party yeah. Tuesday yeah, morning college. if you want. Go, go ahead. The
1: whole point is they're in college and, like, you know, <laughs> they get scammed out of money and now they can't pay tuition. And then, yeah, they decide to have the pajama jammy jam to raise money. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's fun. I forgot yeah, about yeah, on. it,
0: on. When you God feel like the 90s don't have 80s movies like the 80s had, this is one of those wonderful evocative of its time period like wearing its heart on the sleeve highest fashion you could possibly think of for 1991 Oof. uh all the most experimental music you can think of it's all in this movie I, like i thought i'd i i did not get to watch all of it but like i just fell into it one night um i didn't i'm glad they're all on netflix so you can check them out there all the house parties super wonderful yeah, um, that was fun. man, TV of 1991, October 22nd to the 28th, dude, Mystery Science Theater 3000 Viking Women versus the Sea Serpent with the short, The Home Economic Story.
1: <laughs> I had to put this in here because this is like one of my favorite The movie is fun, but the Home Economic Story short is like <laughs> everything bad about the 50s except the racism boiled down to like three minutes. Yeah, Sarah, um, if you didn't
0: know, sometimes they get a movie that is too short, so they throw in like a really public domain industrial shorts like how to clean your trumpets or like in this case cool. sometimes very very not cool <laughs>
1: oh no this one is all about just because you're a woman doesn't mean you can't go to college you can go to college and study home economics so you can be mrs bill johnson one day
3: i'm sorry what yes. that oh, was yeah. an
1: option
0: are
2: you telling me that i went to college a philosophy and women's studies major
1: when i could have done home economics yeah, yeah to spend yeah. the rest of your
0: life making football sandwiches <laughs>
1: no i fucked up yeah you can learn to sew your own clothes and cook food <laughs> man they were
0: watching one of those types yeah, on I mystery like science theater thousand or was it Rift tracks and it's all about how to be safe when women wash their clothes in gasoline and like what the-? doing when was was this like one year where this is a Gwyneth Paltrow goop trend that you're <laughs> washing clothes and raw gasoline
1: Oh, my God. No, Sorry. the home economics story. I love it so much. I, I feel like it shaped my attitudes towards college. Those four years will be a lot of fun, you know, as they learn home economics. And I think it's uh, Tom Servo just says, kegs will be tapped. Men will be used. <laughs>
0: Ooh. I, 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 I thought
1: about that <laughs> at least weekly. <laughs> For all five of my college years, it! I,
0: I remember I was in, in some feminist course and I'm reading about this you know, this scholarly but angry look at one of these 1950s, like, washing machine ads, this popular washing machine ad. And, like, I know what this person is talking about. Wait a minute. The, all these person's essays are in Mystery Science Theater 3000 shorts. <laughs> I've seen them make fun of. Oh, fuck yeah, this is great. I can talk to the teacher about this. I, I Ma'am, I have all these if we'd like to screen them in class. Um, uh, and then... Yeah, like uh, I was just talking about Ted Turner becoming a cable phenomenon. Without satellite dish packages, you were stuck watching usually whatever baseball game your local channel would run, and that was usually your home team.
1: If they sold enough tickets
0: it, yeah if they sold enough tickets and it was it's you could a never whole
1: complicated thing about like oh yeah your team is so unpopular we won't show them on TV mm-hmm. and therefore they won't become more or you popular.
0: listen to them on the radio and, and growing up in Tallahassee Florida, the closest pro team with no Florida team yet was the Atlanta Braves. We would always mm-hmm. root for the Atlanta Braves and because of Ted Turner launching TBS and playing every fucking Braves game, the Braves, slowly became not only good but like kind of America's team. You could really? watch watch yeah. them every night during the baseball season and I remember this period because it was a f- phenomenon that took over schools, everybody's talking about the Braves. Everybody yeah. can name a Brave at this point. You like David Justice or Sid Bream and <laughs> you got to watch them begin this streak of beating the Minnesota Twins. Yep. Uh, they it, lost this time. Or they lost, but okay, but like they yeah, this twins the,
1: got them this time. But the, yeah, the Braves go to the World Series like every couple of years. Yes,
0: this, the next co- the chunk. next like decade, the Braves are in almost every World Series and they win. And I think what's really funny because on SNL the next night, I thought this is there's a really good Halloween. Christian Slater hosts an SNL Hall- uh, Halloween episode two years later to the day. And I love that episode. Chris Farley in a pumpkin costume. Hilarious. But I, I was like, oh, that's not what happens. This is two years earlier because Smashing Pumpkins is not the musical guest. Bonnie Raid is. But what's really funny about this is the monologue is online. You can watch it in Christian City. I'd like to dispel a myth that I'm not doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Roll that clip. And a clip doesn't roll. And he wonders what's going on. And he wanders in the control room. And the entire control room is, and Sarah will love this, is dressed in Braves suits throwing tomahawk chops. And yeah. the, chop. the tomahawk chop is something the Bray's even more widely appropriated yeah, exactly. <laughs> from, from our hometown, Florida State University, the, the FSU Seminoles. Yeah, now, the, the
2: chop and the, uh, yeah. The, so it's,
0: it's something Sarah and I grew up seeing chant. because of the nature of what football was in our local territory. And now it's nationwide. Lorne Michaels is doing it. In fact, mm-hmm. in this sketch, they... He tries to talk to Lauren about they won't play my Jack Nicholson clip, Lauren. He is—he's wearing a full headdress and holding a Braves tomahawk because mm-hmm. everybody in the country is swept up in Braves fever. This team that hasn't really gone that far, but now you can watch every game. Uh, I haven't even gone to the wrestling angle of Ted Turner's uh, kingdom, so be thankful for that. What <laughs> it would make household names out of Southern wrestlers too, and uh, and wrestlers you can name now, but they, and they were wrestling in like two state territories. That's what cable. To do for you. And uh cable was it also did that for the Braves for a brief period of time. They were America's team and the whole and the whole country was rooting for them. And this SNL <laughs> monologue is proof of that. On the twenty eighth we also have Frankenstein the college year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is
2: what happens when I go day by day and look at the like the TV guide, what was happening this day, and I find sometimes I find a gem.
0: I and today that, I, I did. This has spots written all over it. William Ragsdale, Christopher Daniel Barnes, and Vincent Hammond. And thank God we have a promo. Frankenstein, the college years. This Halloween, when a couple of med students decide to make a new friend. Prepare to make history. The operation is a monstrous success. Frankenstein. Now, Frank's going back to school. He's <laughs> the biggest man on campus.
1: I want to date Conan.
0: The original party animal's back. Oh, in a... T-
1: <laughs> what? He kicked
0: oh, a field goal. Ooh, oh.
2: The makeup is so bad. Like, it's <laughs> oh, literally God. just a very tall man in, like, white makeup with, like, a bald cap Ooh. on. Like, it's so bad.
0: And I'm guessing his wow. name is just straight Frankenstein, not one of the kids who brought him to life. Uh, they probably didn't see the original. Oh, oh boy! My, God. you know,
2: you find a gem like that, I, mm-hmm. you gotta share it. You know. Holy
0: Lord! Um, and speaking of Halloweeny vibes. Uh, We'll go way more in depth into the video game releases for the uh, Patreon video game show with the Video Game Apocalypse Boys. Every Friday you can hear their show. I'm on it usually. But the whole month of Japan, their charts are dominated by Super Ghouls and Ghosts, a wonderful, wonderful uh, sequel to Ghosts and Goblins. Fantastic, but really hard game. A mildly less hard game, but still very hard game is out in Japan, but it'll be out in America next month. I just love Japanese being getting Halloween-y vibes because I think they're either new to the holiday or they're not even celebrating yet. It's just a coincidence. But Japanese, <laughs> the Japanese now do A-plus Halloween stuff. I love it. Um, music, 1991, October 22nd through the 28th. Emotions by Mariah Carey is still number one, but there's some also some new releases. Whew, uh, new era of music coming in with Matthew's Sweet Girlfriend. That's, yes. uh, that's his album. That's um, Yeah. Uh, Human by Death. <laughs> Excuse me? Human by Death, the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yep. Wish My Brother George Was Here. The debut of Del the Funky Homo Sapien?
1: In I know. 1991. I knew you would love every word of that sentence. Yeah,
0: 1991? Wow, I thought it was... Yeah. I thought he emerged way later. Pennywise's self-titled debut, 91? Holy Whoa. crap. Uh, and A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing by Black Sheep band I was exposed to on A Living Color. Let's close out this segment with Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet.
1: Dude, this is a jam. Yeah? And I some of the first anime I ever saw is in this video. Really? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of anime in the video and I was like, that looks weird. What is that? Yeah.
0: I hate it. They have bubble gum in their mouths? <laughs> what? Okay, but we'll close out with that uh, we come back. We get to talk about one of the, um, I don't know, I think one of the coolest movies of 2001. Stay right there.
3: I want to love somebody for someone to love because you need to get back in the arms of a good friend and I need
0: Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't uh, (laughs) carve your pants pumpkins or your Thanksgiving gourd when you're grooming your patch. You know what I mean. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the Leaders in Male Grooming and their brand new 4th Generation Performance Package, and this season, get 20% off those grooming needs by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code LASERTIME. Because, hey guys, just because it's the Halloween season, it doesn't mean you should walk around looking like the Wolfman. Come on, fellas, there's going to be plenty of sexy costuming afoot, so you got to step up your game a little bit with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. The 4th Generation Lawnmower Trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced and safe technology. Plus, it's waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop those worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. (laughs) Seal the deal with the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which will have your balls smelling as delicious as pumpkin spice lattes on a chilly autumn morning. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and shed travel bag are you ready to fall head over heels for manscaped yet join the two million men worldwide using manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping using the promo code laser time that's one word laser time once again that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code laser time at manscaped.com make your balls a priority this fall it's a fall ball choose manscaped because your balls will thank you Don't be confused. That is Vanilla Ice and you are still sane and it is 2001, <laughs> October 22nd to the 28th. We're coming in with Nothing Is Real by Vanilla Ice off of Bipolar.
1: Um
0: yeah, that's rough stuff. Great. Yep. Great name. Yeah,
1: 10 years and 1 week after the release of Cool as Ice and we've got new metal everyone.
0: Yeah, new new metal Please. with a wonderfully I don't know if it's an insensitive name, because I saw someone with a a vanity license plate that said this the other day. I took a picture and showed everybody. Just a great thing to put on a license plate. Bipolar? Bipolar? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Welcome to 2001," he says, uh, with vanilla ice. Very strange, but he was uh, making—you know—vanilla ice has never really gone away. Just not really as a musician. He's ridden that success, that novelty, into like 30 years of stardom, including whatever this fucking daily is.
2: Stardom—the word we want to Uh,
0: use—reality show stardom. I mean. You know,
2: even that, I don't I know. Mean, you're, you're in the
0: real housewives world. I mean, those people are like real celebrities in some circles, right?
2: Yes, in many circles. And mm-hmm. I don't think most people know that Vanilla Ice is in the reality circle.
0: But they do know his name as well. I mean, Rocky. he's
2: a house flipper, right? That's his thing? I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Less than, I, I only mm-hmm. caught up with him with VH1s behind the music. And I thought he had a BMX store in Destin, Florida. it's called To the wow. Extreme. Uh, <laughs> I would be unsurprised by that. I'm sure it's not still open. Welcome to 2001 again. Let's see if this music gets confusing. Prometheus, The Discipline of Fire and Demise by Emperor. Mm, we Big Emperor fans here. We Great love- <laughs>
2: title. No
0: notes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we Love Life, uh, the final studio album by Pulp. Wait, really? Pulp is yeah. done 20 years ago? Yeah. I Jesus. Uh, expansion Team by Dilated Peoples. Okay. First uh, Strike, Still Deadly by Testament. Golden State by Bush. Uh, the Great Depression by DMX. R.I.P. Uh, Morning View by Incubus uh, and Wake Up and Smell the Coffee by the Cranberries. Mm.
2: Are we going to talk more about Morning View because that was a huge album? Like, are they going to have number ones later on? I wonder. I think
1: so. I don't think okay. they make it up. They they get a, Incubus gets you a bunch of stuff into like the top forty. Okay, but not. I don't think they ever make it into number one. Okay. All the
0: right. time, Sarah. Well, and I,
2: yeah,
1: I guess it was guess a pretty it was popular just, album. I know it was
2: a huge album for me. Absolutely, like.
1: Yeah, I remember around One the around friends, the
0: time we met, they were like a huge touring band. Like, yeah,
2: that's the first concert I ever went to. Like, as a, <laughs> I mean, I went to some very cool concerts when I was a baby because my parents were very cool. But <laughs> 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 it was the first concert I ever went to as like a you know teenager, a person who choose to, chooses to go to concerts. Uh, and yeah, that album was is fantastic. I still really really love it quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm.
0: And of course, "I'm Real" by Jennifer Lopez featuring Ja Rule. It's number one this week. Ooh, man! Some real, some little bit of fun news. Um, not this one. United States passes the U.S. Patriot Act. I meant to grab the clip of Alec Baldwin from Departed. Patriot Act, Patriot Act, which he's celebrating because he can do whatever he wants uh, without yep. warrants.
1: Pretty much. So to fight terrorism, we have to just, like, not have civil liberties, I guess. Like, you don't need probable cause for wiretaps and shit. And, oh, you can be detained indefinitely if they say it's mm terrorism-related. Great. That's not bad. Yeah. I, anytime, like, they always talk about after there's, like, a mass shooting, like, we can't rush to have a bunch of new laws. We won't, you know, we're going to be uh, overreacting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is the prime example. <laughs>
0: once, once again, I, did I say that last week? Was we rewatched The Sopranos during my injury, and the third season, all the agents who were following him are diverted into domestic terrorism and just hang out and order sandwiches at Satrials because they no longer care about organized crime. It's all yeah. about terrorism. And I
2: mean, if there's a good sandwich, you cannot
0: mess oh, that up. Wow. And, you, and, you, and you see the uh, prequel movie, not a good out, outcome for Satriali, you know? Um, hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, spoiler alert, thanks. <laughs> no, no, they,
0: they mention it in the show, but you get to actually see Satriali himself in the prequel. Oh,
2: okay.
3: um,
0: In uh, Many Saints of Newark. Sorry, I'll be on the uh, Talking Terrific television soon talking more about Sopranos. Um, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf marry this week and are still together
1: yeah, happy anniversary, you tennis peoples.
0: Man, Yay. I have I have Crazy a, a hilarious poster from... Actually, it's 10 years when he still had hair, and uh, it just says, like, <laughs> Ace of Love, and he's po- his abs are out, and his hair is long, and he's got a tennis Wait. racket over... Yeah, well, does he
2: have the jean cut off?
0: Yes. He's, like, okay. standing in front of a Corvette. <laughs> I'm going to
2: need you <laughs> to locate that
0: poster for me. It's like... And- <laughs> Did you ever yeah. see that Andy Sandberg hilarious hour special yes, seven days in uh, hell? It is full of that. Yep. It is it's awesome. And perhaps weirdly, the biggest thing in music during oh, de- yep. during the heyday, easiest time to pirate shit. Something yeah. comes out that say I would say buys the music industry another five to ten years of profitability. Apple releases the iPod. It's
2: oh, this isn't this is huge. For little baby Sarah, for sure. Mm. Even though I didn't get my first iPod for another couple of I've years, I've never had one. Yep. I still have. I have two yeah. right now on my purse. No, I know. My, my person, our, our buddy my house. our
0: buddy Dan Amrick every other <laughs> couple months like mods one to like yeah. put a bigger hard drive in because it's like still a very comfortable music only device.
2: It's perfect with hard coded two- music on it. I have one for uh, my car, and I have one that I just have that I can just like plug into various things whenever I want to play music. I love the iPod. I'm going to be so sad when they eventually fully go away. Uh, but yeah, I'm that person at at garage sales that if I see an iPod, yeah. I will buy it and all the accessories. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Taking it <laughs> all. I'm
0: not sure they can entirely go away at all. Like the. There's, I
1: hope not. I, I know yeah, there's, there's I hope updates. not. They're a nice little portable hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what. It's you know, hey, it's five free gigs right there. With man. a good UI, right.
0: and there's nothing more satisfying than that scroll. And I, I gotta say, like I I was like, iTunes, fuck this shit. This will never ever work. This will never ever laugh. And I know mm-hmm. a couple of you people out there are laughing at me. Ah, iTunes. It's only just dying uh yeah. twenty years later. Mm-hmm. But- I
2: still use iTunes daily and make a playlist. I'm very old school in that way. I just like to have my music, but I do have a funny story. So like a couple days ago, I was at Whole Foods and I was about to get out of my car because I have an iPod Nano that I use to listen to music in my car, uh, using an Oxport. My car is very old, y'all. It's fine. <laughs> um, and so I was about to get out of my car and these girls who hang out in these young girls, hang out in the uh, Whole Foods parking lot and ask people to give them money or buy them food. And, you know, I've, I've given the, you know, whatever. I've, I've helped them out in times before. And so they came, they came by and they were like, hey, like, can you help us? Can you give us some money or some food? And I was like, sorry, I don't have any cash right now. And I was in the process of turning off my like iPod Nano and like putting it in my purse. And the girl was like, what is that? Oh, like, this is an iPod. And she's like, I don't I don't know what that is. Is that like a tiny iPhone? And I was like, Yes. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I don't even know where to begin with it. I was like, it's like that, but it only plays music. And I I was so discombobulated at that point. I was like, girls, I got (laughs) to (laughs) go. I'm just going to put this in my purse and go. I'm so sorry. I can't even explain what this is.
0: Right. I mean, because like, (laughs) I think a little over 10 years ago, the only iPod they would know of is the, it's just an iPhone without a data plan. Yeah, that's what the iPod was. Eventually, well, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, there's the iPod Touch, right? Yeah, which looked like an iPhone, basically. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I think they stopped selling again. The satisfying clicky wheel—it's—it's it's never not going to be uh, fun. It's
1: the click wheel, never yeah, not going to be fun. Uh, I got a clicky wheel one because <laughs> yeah, because I wait to well, I waited for the iPod two to come out, so all of the iPod ones were like half price, and I snatched one up, and I loved it. Organized all my stuff. I still have, you know, my my iTunes uh, on my computer still has a lot of stuff that's mislabeled, probably because it came off of Napster 20 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. ago. It is not uh, Weird Al. Yeah.
0: Let
3: it go. Yeah.
1: Well, no, it's just like, and I like, I like having the full information where it's like, oh, this song is by such and such. And sometimes I like take the time. Well, for a while, I took the time to like, what album is that? Let's organize these. Me too. I would do the same thing. Yeah, and And then obviously, I I don't give a shit.
2: Download the album artwork too to make Mm -hmm. sure that everything matched. Yeah,
1: do I have my tracks in order? I like if I have a full album, I want to hear it as it was intended to. Mm. Yes, yes. Yep, Yep. I'm a big dork. YouTube.
0: YouTube. Anyway, uh, movies of 2001, October 22nd through
1: the 28th. Oh, we got so many. Okay.
0: On on the Line.
1: Right, let's blow through these. I Um, remember this. On the Line starring Lance Bass and Joey Fatone. Uh, is a Amelie-esque romantic comedy that got terrible, terrible reviews. Like, Lance Bass sees this girl, like, on the subway, and they have a great conversation, you can't find her again, so he starts putting up posters and stuff, trying to find her. And um, apparently it has nothing to offer anyone except for NSYNC fans. Yes, it has
0: both of them in it. And it is, what, Lance Bass is not... Out yet, not that he can't yeah. play a straightie. No, but no, he's uh, not out yet. Yeah, but it's interesting and, to see him cast as a romantic lead. Yeah. Basically playing himself, his character from in sync.
1: Yeah. And and I'll give him credit, Joey Fatone is like born to play the wacky best friend. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, that's perfect for him. All right. Moving on. Uh my first mister with Al Albert Brooks, wow. Sobieski, John Goodman, a bunch of other people. This is
0: Alt Universe, uh like Earth 2 ghost world <laughs> yes i was going to say it's the yes. same
1: thing yes I, oh my god it is so true yeah lili sobieski is this like punk goth kid who gets a job working at a store for albert brooks and then they like become like good friends and start supporting each other and stuff mm-hmm. it's, it's it's pretty directed by christine lottie what oh. yeah the actress usually yes she was the in the bathroom when she won her emmy exactly yeah and she's she's a secret oscar winner because she won a, a short live action oscar oh, once. Awesome. what yeah she's halfway she, to an egot yeah she's halfway to an egot no one even knows yeah my first mister is pretty good yeah, as pretty i good. recall uh daddy and them which i never got around to and now i feel bad because it actually has got a uh, real good reviews uh billy bob thornton laura dern diane Ladd, her mom andy griffith last performance from jim varney wow.
0: Wow, what? Yeah, it's
1: the posthumous performance by Jim Barney. uh, Written and directed, I think, by Billy Bob. And it's about this, like, wacky Arkansas uh, family full of rednecks who, like, try to get together to help Jim Barney because he's going to go to prison. And uh, I've heard the first half is really good and then it starts to fall apart.
0: But it's follow-up but, to Slingblade.
1: I think there's someone else in... There There might be one in between.
0: Okay. Because, I I mean, I love Sling Blade so much. And I'm, yeah,
1: but it's like, them. it's got, like, solid... It's like a 70% around... It's like, it's got real good reviews. Okay. okay. Didn't okay. get to it. Sorry. Too much to watch this week.
0: Same can't uh, be said for Snoop Dogg, Pam Greer, Michael T. Weiss, and Bones. Bones. Not
1: the, not the TV show. No, no. David no. Borne has here. The Hood Horror movie, mm-hmm. which I watched a big chunk of. And... It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that it's about Snoop Dogg plays like a numbers runner who's like trying to keep drugs out of his neighborhood, but then he gets double-crossed and murdered, and then he starts coming back and uh, getting revenge yeah. as like kind of a ghost, and sometimes he's some big black dog that mauls people. Okay. <laughs> and it was okay. Just like his like, music videos. Yeah. It was like, well, this isn't great, but it has some like humor to it. Mm-hmm but sometimes like too much humor like is this a horror comedy like is this supposed to be scary or funny Mm. sometimes i can't tell but yeah didn't get around to finishing it i'm sorry (sighs) but spooky season
0: the next movie uh funny or scary matthew lillard shannon elizabeth um f murray abraham (laughs) you didn't expect that name thrown in with the american pie kids did you uh Mm -mm. uh uh, m beth david's I'm, i'm Diana promises me that's a real name and yep. Tony Shaloub <laughs> topping 13 ghosts. This Halloween and what the hell was that?
2: The producers of House on Haunted Hill
3: bring you the ultimate house of horror where there's death at every door terror at every turn We should get the hell out of here now and
0: a ghost in every room
3: We got company <laughs>
0: haunted mansion fans are scoffing 13 ghosts
1: yeah oh my god this goddamn movie so like they said house on haunted hill this is a dark castle movie which means they are remaking william castle schlock for the the 2000 ones yep. and the original the ghosts were made like Using kind of the red blue three D technology where you mm-hmm. get little mm-hmm. glasses and if you like look through the blue side you wouldn't see the ghost if you look through the red side because you're not a coward then you would see the ghosts. Wow. That that was the, the gimmick on that one. Illusional. Wow.
0: Telescopic one, vision.
1: Yeah, it's just no. There's there's
0: this one instead have, of instead of that gimmick they used bad CG.
1: They use mm. bad CG <laughs> and they do have glasses in the movie where now you can see the ghost. The characters can see the ghosts. Uh huh. Yeah. So. I appreciate them carrying that over I guess it's it's not very good because it really is just a haunted house movie they go to a haunted house and but inside the house are these rooms that are like mechanical Mm -hmm. and like the doors will open and each one has like a ghost in it and the ghosts start coming out as like you open this door or you close this door and then that one over there opens now that spooky ghost is here and the ghosts have like kind of interesting designs and I mean, it's like, yeah, it's not good, but it's like oddly watchable.
2: Yeah, I watched a little bit of this in preparation because I had not seen it and I found it pretty compelling, not good, but not like uh, fun, silly, like Mm -hmm. just like a fun kind of silly, spooky, perfect for a spooky season situation maybe it on, on the back throw it on in the background like during your halloween party I mean, or something like I was that like <laughs> f- friend that this Lots weekend of- that's
0: the greatest part of the season is like for me getting high and watching imperfect movies yeah i love it yeah
2: i i didn't hate it and i thought that it was it could have some really you know fun uh, i mean matthew lillard like you can't really take him seriously almost yeah. ever anyways so i kind of enjoyed what i saw i wanted to watch more i just didn't get a chance to
1: yeah it's okay i mean the the design of the building and the like cages that these guys are in and the the different ghosts are all the ghosts are very distinctive Mm -hmm. and it's like it's kind of neat to look at but you know it doesn't it's not especially scary and it doesn't make a ton of sense so yeah it's like i can't just say like no stay the fuck away from it it fucking sucks like we have other movies i could say that about this week sure 13 Um, ghosts spooky season yeah it's fine it's fine yeah.
0: yeah because uh as probably I hint-
1: liked it better than house on haunted hill remake even
0: whoa yeah and that,
1: that had some fun parts
0: um and like i teased in the title uh movie that i think will probably be the most beloved by most of our listeners by the end of the show but
1: <laughs> with the lowest box the office.
0: lowest yeah like i
1: <laughs> wildly low honestly. wildly
0: low like some Barely there's some years released. where the podcast makes more uh than
2: with the star power in it it's shocking
0: yeah and a, a lot of love and faith behind this movie Noah Wiley Patrick Swayze uh, Catherine Ross Mary McDonnell Drew Barrymore Jenna Malone Jake Gyllenhaal and the other Gyllenhaal Donnie Darko So why'd you move here?
2: My mom had to get a restraining order against my stepdad He has emotional problems Oh
1: I have those too What kind of emotional problems is your dad? <laughs> I'm
3: a new friend
1: Real or imaginary? You
3: imagine. I'm going to tell you a little story today about a young man whose
0: life was completely destroyed by these instruments of fear.
3: Iron stuff.
1: Donnie is
2: experiencing what is commonly called a daylight hallucination.
0: (laughs) Donnie Darko, people. Donnie Darko. Mm. Um, A movie...
2: Also, I want to Mm. shout out Beth Grant because she does a lot of really good work in this too.
1: I'm always happy when Beth Grant pops up. Me too. She's she's a lady that just always looks like the meanest Southern Karen that ever lived. And yeah, she's the one who... Doubts (laughs) doubts <laughs> she, your commitment to sparkle notes. Who somehow really?
0: has my favorite line in <laughs> No Country for Oldman. I am old and I am not whale. She
2: <laughs> is the best in a lot of things. Yeah. Like yeah. she when she shows up, you know it's gonna be funny or creepy or both. <laughs> She's so good in the office. She plays Dwight's like babysitter slash hey. girlfriend <laughs> at one point. Oh, right. Remember? Oh yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, sorry. Mm. Donnie
0: Darko, where to start with this film.
1: Okay. Well Ooh. I guess we could start with it. <laughs> Had a lot of trouble getting made, mm-hmm. and it had a lot of trouble coming out. Uh, people really liked the script. The script had been bounced around for a long time, but everyone was like, it's too weird, it's too dark, it's too esoteric, it's too science fiction. Yeah, it, has, it has
0: Matrix vibes of like, this is good, but like, there's no way an audience could ever get this. And like,
1: yeah, and that's where ugh. Drew Barrymore steps up. Mm-hmm. So
0: many weird, fairy Christopher Nolan and Drew Barrymore fighting yeah. to get this movie made.
1: And end up getting this made. and Drew
0: Barrymore especially, like, really throwing her weight around in her own money behind this film Mm -hmm. and her her talent in the film. Uh, Drew Barrymore is owed a debt of gratitude if you like this movie.
1: Yeah. So it it finally gets made for, you know, a modest budget, like $4.5 million something like that. And it it does pretty well at the festival circuit. But it has two problems. First, people don't want to touch it because of Columbine. Because Mm -hmm. there's... Teenage, teenagers shoot other teenagers at one point. Mm-hmm. And then fucking 9-11 happens. Uh-huh. And th- a plane crash is a major part of this movie. And they it, it almost like didn't come out at all. And finally, it comes out to very limited run. Like
0: 50 theaters around the country.
1: And makes, I don't know, like a couple hundred hundred No,
0: yeah. $100,000. That's how much yeah. the movie makes and, at the box and that's office. It,
1: and that's why this is a true cult classic. Because it only found its audience on DVD. And, and it was so much by word of mouth people and, saw and, it and and the, the uk told their friends about it
0: people in on the festival circuit told people so the in the uk it was a relatively big success hmm. and then i was reading there were other uh, it, it got shown it got hit it hit the midnight circuit and mm-hmm. in one place ran for like two straight years at midnight <laughs> oh, and damn. and every time i watch this i have cuz I don't know. I was a little older and I was in college and it's just like I wish I saw this when I was younger. This would be my favorite movie I've ever seen. Mm. But I was think I was too old to get fully on board with the Donnie Dark. But I still love I still think so, it's yeah. great.
2: Mm-hmm. I am right there with you. So when I was in college in two thousand three, two thousand four I was around all the time. Film school kids that I was dating a guy that was aspirational for film school it, it was our whole culture and they were so into donnie darko and the contrarian in me and the um the, when i watched it at that time i was like guys i don't think this is as deep as you think it is mm-hmm. i don't think you guys are as deep as you think you are and Thank it you. really <laughs> left a very bad taste in my mouth for this movie and the people who really really I, love it
0: but i but I, <laughs> I i felt the same way and i'm watching it yes. now and me
2: too so i've revisited it yeah and i've come around on it honestly. yeah it's just, i was talking to like, someone
0: about it but like yes, i'm older than I've the characters in the movie so like i'm not trying to roll my eyes and like i know so much more than these characters but like all those issues would have been so important to me as a freshman and high school. This movie would have spoke to me so deeply, because everything about Jake Gyllenhaal's character, that's what's important to me, um, hmm. when I'm a freshman or a sophomore. Now I'm 21, 22, and I have other problems. Uh, but, yeah,
1: I just—I I had the same problem of like, dude, I don't think this is as deep as you think it is. Yeah. I think and it is I if you're young, and, you, and a
0: movie doesn't, movies don't speak to you like the, the way Donnie yeah. Darko does.
1: Well, yeah. I, think it... I, I think that it, it still isn't as philosophical as it thinks it is, Uh But it has some decent philosophy and like questions Uh about, you know, free will versus predetermination and butterfly effect type stuff. That's like, it's fine. It's not super deep, meaningful, life changing stuff, but it's still a well, it's a well-made movie. It is definitely well-made. It's got a lot of interesting stuff in it, a lot of interesting characters. There's all kinds of little things going on around the edges that I like that flesh everything out
0: mm-hmm. one of the best soundtracks of all time
1: it oh, has my a God. great soundtrack i love it bringing tears for fears to the children's I, oh. my,
0: i've been yelling at my cat all day meow up against your meow just all day she's so annoyed with me
1: <laughs> yeah it i i
2: feel like for a long time it was a red flag for me if someone said that they loved donny darko because to me that was shorthand for I think that I'm very deep, but I actually don't really know bitch. that much because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's just like, it, there's, like we said, this movie's not, it's not that deep. It's about time travel. I think, I think it
0: is though. But it, I, I think, I, I think if you look, if you're looking at it from the perspective of someone too young to technically see it in a the theater, like kind of like mm-hmm. Heathers or something like that, like this would have had a mm-hmm. profound effect on me. Yeah, well, I,
1: I, I mean, I definitely would see relating to it as an outsider who thinks everything around them is Bust very up. fake. You know, that's, I can see the
0: through <laughs> line to everything
1: that that's always that, like I, yeah, you're, you're all fake and predictable and, um and uh I'm underappreciated. For you know, you think my weirdness means something's wrong with me, but really, it's I'm smarter than all of you, and, but it doesn't really go in that direction. But I, can I see was gonna say, I didn't did not that get way. that from the movie. I can <laughs> see people taking that way. Anything okay. that there's where yeah. there's an under, uh, you know, a misunderstood loner, I think mm-hmm. someone's gonna be like, Yeah, it's say- because no one gets him because he's smarter than everyone. I'm totally getting the right message from Rick and Morty. <laughs> anyway, um, Ooh, yeah. I, I again I wouldn't yes. I, I, just, well we should summarize what the movie is about if you haven't seen it. Let's try to sell it to people who haven't, who maybe got turned off.
0: Ooh, I don't um, know how to do that.
1: It's about a teenager with emotional problems who starts seeing things that lead him in strange directions, and it seems a time travel seems to have something to do with it. He
0: uh, he keeps disappearing from his bed at night, and then one night a plane engine falls through his room, and had he been asleep in his bed, he would be dead, Right, but has miraculously survived. And And
2: also, maybe this wasn't the first time he was imagining things, because... Yeah. his therapist says he says I made a new friend. His therapist says real or imaginary. Right. So this has been an ongoing. Which would thing.
0: become a Comic Con staple, folks. Like this, mm. the goddamn rabbit from Donnie Darko. It's all it's yeah. all the sort of stuff that made me sadly roll my eyes at this. I I thought this is so beautifully made. I, I think it's a mm. really good looking, absolutely, uh, really good movie, and I really. I feel like Richard Kelly got a raw deal because I think I, I, had I, a great, I had a great time with Southland Tales. I did. I thought it was hilarious.
1: Oh my god! And I <laughs> I can't. I still can't make head or tails of that. And I've heard the box is damn near unwatchable.
0: Yeah, the box. I've been too afraid to watch. But he's man. He's done. He apparently he's worked on a couple of Kurt Vonnegut Wait, adaptations. I want the to box.
2: See the one with um. So
0: Ray Cameron Bradbury. Diaz? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I did go see that, and that oh, it's not good. It is yeah. dreadful
1: Yeah, now he's had He had a really hard time Getting his career going I mean, he, he made Southland Tales Like five years later And so many people want to be involved it got like a completely Ridiculous cast It's like the first movie Donnie Like Darko.
0: seriously starring Like making a point To make The Rock a star Yeah And somehow it, Justin Timberlake And Kevin Smith And two people John Larraquette And Wallace Shawn Are in there for like and No reason It makes me yeah. very happy And, and it's and,
1: just Yeah And, and booger. it's just a, uh, a damn freaking mess. And, yeah, I, I don't know why it took him so long to make a follow-up. He kind of needed to strike while the iron was hot. Maybe direct something he didn't write. Try something like that. It's like, on the one hand, oh, he produced World's Greatest Dad. That's awesome. Fantastic. He also produced though. I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. That's huh. not awesome.
0: <sighs> I don't even know what the fuck that is.
1: You don't want to know. Uh, no. Yeah, stupid. but I
0: also feel like he also... I was trying, like, other than Drew Barrymore's company, I don't recognize a lot of the film companies that were in front of this. And by the way, it's uh, streaming on Tubi, Tubi. Pluto, and Amazon via IMDb ad based streaming service. And they're all standard definition. I haven't seen a movie forced standard definition in a very long time. And it really irritated me. It looks so so gross. I I had the Blu rays, I thought, and I couldn't find it. I
2: think to get back to what we were talking about though about right. it being young people young run mm-hmm. uh mansplaining this movie to me oh yeah an undergrad mm-hmm. um and why it was so great really turned me off of it so much and i think there was a big part of that is that there was so much a focus on like oh it's so weird and it's so ambiguous and that's what makes it so cool and great and you know Those are two aspects that make it very interesting. But to me, watching it now as an adult, I love the characters. The characters Mm -hmm. in there, everybody is... It's hard to find a movie like this where there are so many different characters who are completely realized in such small doses. Like,
0: Mm. Dude, even, every even character <laughs> you
2: only see a tiny bit of them, but you know exactly who that character even is.
0: Seth Rogen pops up in a very exactly. small role and is like full Beavis and ButtHead. Uh, uh, you're you're gay, <laughs> dude. Uh,
2: but <laughs> especially the adults. Yeah, like, these adults you can are really... really. See, the adults are fully realized with very small exposures to them, and I feel like that's a real gift that gets overlooked in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked it a yeah. lot. Of-
1: see, I think what bugs me so much about it or really more about the fans thinking that it's like, it's a lot less ambiguous than you think it is. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> also that, by but, the way. <laughs> well, what, if, what if the rabbit is really him from the future? It's I don't not. think it is because we see him later. So no. Like it's 100% it not. Like there's no question you know, about that. Actually. It's like, well, what if the things that he's seeing is because of this that happened in the past? No, it might just be unexplained. Maybe it's fate. Maybe it's God doing It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. So It's kind of a time is a flat circle situation, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Movie comes back around to itself and it's like, yeah, makes sense. I know, it's I not just... that ambiguous, man. I, it's I, not so... a big mystery box.
0: I had no quibble with any of that at the end of this. I'm just like, I'm just glad this movie got made. Like it's, yeah. it is, it is weird. It is, it is not typical. Uh, it's worthy of this cult fandom. And I just, I'm just happy to be able to say that. Cause I'm not, I, I, I saw this like once. And then I watched the straight to video like sequel, which is Ooh. terrible. Ooh. And uh, uh, it just kind of washed my hands, the whole phenomenon, which mm-hmm. uh, now I'm glad I, I now I resent, I, I, I wish I hadn't done that. And I think it's totally worthy of its, its, its fandom. And I, I, if you love this movie, I love you so much. I think it's great.
2: I still stand by that some of the fans that I have encountered in my life, film school men, (laughs) Mm -hmm. are kind of the worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, But revisiting this movie, I absolutely loved it. And I definitely think it's worthy of its cult status. And I do think it's a very good movie. And also, let me just tell you, the aesthetics are impeccable. you just want Uh, to live in 1988 so bad i do because it it does such a good job of evoking that entire time period i mean we said before the soundtrack is bananas it's (laughs) so fucking good and just
0: right kiki echoing the meow meow man you like them? Yeah, she (laughs) she loves them.
2: the images the costuming All the set design, everything, it's absolutely 1988 without it being over-the-top, weird. Like, it's realistic, 1988, and I really love it for that. In
0: my world, it popularized the Gary Jules cover of Tears for for Fears' Mad World. yes, And that became a commercial for a violent video game, Gears of War, and it just, like, that commercial took everybody off guard and like everybody was talking about this game because of this Donnie, this thing it basically took from Donnie Darko. That became Gears thing to like take a quiet, like a kind of morose, slow song to advertise the shooter. It, it starts here with Donnie Darko. It, it's, not, it's not even, it's only Tears for Fears song. Oh, uh,
1: definitely so. not. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, it is nice to, this is one of those things I like about the show that to take 20 years and not deal with film school guys and just watch it on its own mm-hmm by itself just take it as it is be like yeah this is a solid little sci-fi movie it mm-hmm. was interesting mm-hmm. it's good for spooky season too it takes place at halloween and, 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 and sarah and I, like,
0: I, I know i'm I, not necessarily to sarah but like in mild defense of those <laughs> boring basic fellas you know like remember all the stuff that's like geared towards people that age that came out in the what, what was it summer catch i believe a movie you described as wretched like yep. it, that's starring the people the same age made for the same demographic they're allowed to have their minds blown it's, it's understandable why their minds would be blown mm-hmm. by this
2: of um, course yeah. i get it but you know it's yeah well, it's just,
1: i mean my my film school dicks that i had to deal with Actually, in film school, it was all Pulp Fiction, all Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And and just like with Donnie Darko, I have to say, like, if you love a thing and it speaks to you like nothing else does, dig into its influences. That is not the be all end all. Oh, mm-hmm. amen. There you go. That's it. God damn it. Yeah. If you liked Pulp Fiction, but you've never seen a Scorsese film that's like Mean yeah, that's, Streets or something. That's what I love about r- Richard
0: ass. Kelly. He seems to love Kurt Vonnegut and Ray Bradbury. And so do I. Oh, yeah. And uh, I I really wish he got to adapt more things like that that aren't the box.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess he was trying to do Cat's Cradle for a long time. but I
0: fucking love Cat's Cradle.
1: That would probably need to be a miniseries.
0: I read that book in a single sitting. I fucking love that book. Um, And I want to see Ice Nine... Mentioned in a movie that doesn't have Colin Farrell in it. I don't even remember what that movie was, but there's a ton of Ice Nine references. All
1: right. So, yes. Donnie Darko, recommend. Recommend. I recommend. Um, Do we even have to talk about this next movie? Because I really fucking don't want to.
0: I I mean, it's part of our job to say uh, 10 years ago, Kevin Spacey could bring your movie to number one at the box office just by doing pretty much anything, which he's kind of doing here. It is... I think this is a fundamentally silly movie, and it's also derivative of another movie starring one of the people in this movie. Yes! <laughs> That's what's most irritating. Alfre Woodard, Mary McCormick, who uh, apparently is not Mary McDonnell and Donnie Darko, uh, Jeff Bridges, Kevin Spacey, it's number one this week, K-Pax. This fall... He claims to be a visitor from another planet. K-Pax. Prepare to meet a stranger... Maybe you could show us how this <laughs> light travel works. ...who will open oh. your mind... How Could you know this and change the way you see the world?
3: Okay, she says she doesn't like it when you sneak up on her. No, no way,
0: Kevin Spacey, Jeff Bridges, your produce alone has been worth the trip. K PAX, be prepared for anything rated PG 13. Yick, oh god, I hate it. I, I don't know, I, I didn't hate Drops of Jupiter really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's okay to hate this movie now, it's got Kevin Spacey. Um, yeah, but it's it's like a boring version of starman one of the coolest movie that's ever existed
1: thank you Uh,
0: starman is wonderful
1: yes with jeff bridges doing a very strange performance that i really like because it's just so of an
0: actual non-ambiguous alien who has fallen to earth and is curious about everything we do
1: yep so yeah that's what this is about kevin spacey says he is from a planet called k-pax and um He can, like, I don't know, he can see infrared light or something, and he can talk to animals, and he can know things about people, and he's put in a mental institution, and Jeff Bridges yes. is like therapist trying to figure out what's this guy's actual delusion.
0: This is a long version of the Simpsons Michael Jackson episode. I don't care for <laughs> it. I just, I just don't like it.
1: Uh, um. So I like. I gave it a try. Um, it's one of those where it's like I'm going to start in the middle, and if anything interests me whatsoever, I will watch this whole movie.
0: Tell me, did the wind sweep you off your feet?
1: <laughs> it, you, it, it did <laughs> not. I, the only nice thing I have to say about it is that it's less a usual Kevin Spacey performance it's a much he's a lighter happier happy go lucky kind of guy as opposed to you know usual intense kevin's Spacey. so
0: true. okay
1: that's kind of a surprise it was kind of surprise casting there but no it, it went exactly where i thought it was gonna go and uh, then i just i'm like i'm done i'm i tapped out i don't want to do this very i got better strange. things to do i watched a bunch of better movies for this week i don't want to keep watching this
0: how about we move into television of 2001 then Okay. It's not great either. But uh, but it, it, Disney this week does acquire the Fox Family Channel. I think uh-huh. making it the ABC Family Channel. But yeah. this is like a snowball that rolls in like Disney buying up a bunch of stuff. The Fox Family Channel is running a bunch of stuff from the Fox uh, Saturday morning. A lot of that stuff is Marvel properties. Disney begins to notice, hey, these Power Rangers and Marvel properties seemingly do very well. What if we bought all of these and set them up on other channels? Uh, Disney's already acquiring a lot of TV channels at this point, but it's kind of like a nine-year process that we're just sort of... It happens, it happens so slowly, I didn't notice that like Disney is about to own about one-third of your cable stations <laughs> and uh, one-third of your networks. And they kind of starts in this era with acquiring Fox Family Channel. They still contractually have to run, uh, what is it, that Pat Robertson show, The 700 Club, Yeah. Uh... until they don't. Uh, ESPN's Pardon the Interruption debuts on the 22nd. I got bored reading about it, but it's still on, uh, maybe.
1: Yeah. yeah, it is. And
0: uh, has over 3,000 episodes, possibly with the same host. Prove me wrong.
1: Mm, I think some of the hosts have come and gone. Discovery
0: Kids, which I doubt is still a channel, <laughs> Truth or Scare, with hosted by Michelle Trechimberg, known a yeah. Mecklenburger to me.
2: It seems like a really cool show that I kind of wish I don't know came to me at the time, the right time for me, but it's basically like a a show where she talks about various scary things, various like famous haunted houses Mm -hmm. or urban legends or myths or whatever. A lot of the episodes are on YouTube and it looks pretty cool. I would have been
0: obsessed with such a show if that existed when I was a kid.
2: Right? Like Uh, if I had it at the right time, I feel like I would have been super into it.
0: Yes. And what a great time for it to start on October 25th. And then I was just asking, what happened to Emerald? Like I still see his spices on my shelves. So I don't think he's had a TV show in like a decade. Mm-hmm. Emerald, uh, the Sopranos come to dinner.
2: Okay, so wait a minute. We're talking. This is Emerald, the sitcom. Do we all remember? Oh,
0: okay. That oh, exists. That's right. In this
2: world that we live in, where Emerald Legasse had a situation comedy, a scripted situation comedy on network television. Yes, is that, the, that oh actually God, happened. The original. The original. God, I I everyone, the
0: original Bam Margera. Emerald Lagasse. Having his own network sitcom where uh, Big Pussy, the uh, the original Gabagool, God, that yeah. shows up.
2: <laughs> so uh, apparently, that well, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I did not watch the entire episode, y'all. Why I, I do a lot for the show. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but Big Pussy shows up to. I think that Emerald in the show also has a cooking show within the show. Clever. And I think the storyline here <laughs> is that he is strikes some sort of deal with what he thinks is a mob family for meat supply to his restaurant, yada, yada, yada. And Big then Pussy. somehow Big Pussy is Pussy. a guest on his cooking show within his sitcom.
0: Whoa. Yeah? Okay. Curb your enthusiasm with Emerald. I get it. Hey, email, let me ask you. What time's this show over? I got a premiere to catch. Soon. Just hang in there with me, right, okay, buddy? Right. So, uh, did you enjoy playing the role as Big Pussy? <laughs> yeah, it was a great role. Yeah, the role of my life. But it kind of complicated, you know? I mean, you walk down the street with your kids, people yell out, bam! I walk down the street with my kids, people yell out. <laughs> I- I'm shocked they got the word on network hmm. television. Okay. Like
2: that is also why I pulled this clip. Because he Is couldn't this the say first it again. Time we say the word "pussy" yeah. or, <laughs> in like a network situation comedy.
0: I mean, maybe maybe not. I think uh, Sylvester the cat refers to himself as a pussy. Um, okay, a couple mm. times, but
2: it works. Stop it. He's Stating the line, and it's <laughs> they say it once, like at the beginning of that clip that we just played, but then All he right. won't say it again.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, he, I don't think. He, I don't think, he wanted, say, I don't think he, he wanted to. I don't think he wanted to say it alone. He couldn't say it without the. Proper noun, big pussy. He can't say they called yeah. him a pussy.
2: It's just interesting. It's kind of I interesting. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's, 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 it all seems pretty stupid because at... he already said it. God, to be a yeah, fucking right? network sensor. And to
2: it's that. an interesting <sighs> look at standards and practices. Nightmare. I don't
0: know. Mm. Anyway. What a nightmare. And then, and then I got to say, this for me is one of my favorite days in video game history. This or Ooh. weeks. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. The Ooh. first two games are absolute phenomena. I would think some of the most popular sports games, I think the Madden stuff always sells great, but like skaters were talking about this. Non-skaters were talking about this. Men, women, children were all playing Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk three is a real high point. Very, very good. Hasn't jumped the shark yet. One of the PlayStation million sellers. Phenomenal game. Uh, Virtua tennis two on the dreamcast makes tennis amazingly cool and fun to play. We played this endlessly with multiplayer, not a fan of tennis or people who play it. Uh, Virtua tennis is incredibly fun. And for a few years, it was kind of like kind of an A (laughs) plus series. Virtua tennis was fun for everyone. Really, really good. And then we move on to a franchise becoming not just big, but the biggest thing in entertainment history, which it still is. Grand Theft Auto three comes out 20 years ago this week and it changes literally everything it builds a yeah, genre yeah. Uh, it creates a personality for Diana's husband <laughs> uh, it <laughs> I believe we used to call him our senior editor of crime because of how much <laughs> Michael liked games like this but grand theft Auto uh first two two and a half three three and a half games are top-down pixelated I I play I remember I, with your husband Sarah I played uh it was one of the first computer games I played over a phone line from one room to another I Sam and I running around this whole city able to take any car we wanted but it was cute it was bird's eye it was pixelated now it's on consoles p s two specifically the highest selling console of all time, and it's polygonal it's over the shoulder it changes genres it's it's a shooter, it's a driving game, it's a life sim. You can go in all these buildings with celebrity voice acting out the ass uh radio stations where there are actual djs talking to you. It changes fucking everything.
1: Should we just call this the first? I mean, is, is this like the op- first open world game or first sandbox? No, game? No, I don't think. It,
0: I don't even think it. It is that. It's just like it. Or just the first refines one. what's important. If you if you cause a bunch of damage, ambulances and fire trucks show up, which you can hijack, hit a button, and do missions <laughs> as a fireman or as an ambulance driver. You can drive taxi cab. It's just there's hundreds of hours of things to do in this game, and that's usually like. That's usually PC territory, where Grand Theft Auto comes from. And it's also really scary for adults. So it's talked about on the news. You can have sex with a prostitute and then murder them? Like, yeah, but everything looks like origami banging up against one another. Like, it's not a big <laughs> deal. But I, I, where we stand now, I believe Grand Theft Auto... Grand Theft Auto 5 alone is the biggest, profitable, most profitable thing, not adjusted for inflation in entertainment history. It has sold 150 million copies. It has made several billion dollars from its online alone and all of these games were the best sellers of every year and there's way less Grand Theft Autos than there are Mario's than there are Madden's. It is, it is done very well for itself by being a, I would consider it's always a quality product that goes way further than any of its competition. This is why I think you want to join up our Patreon to talk to Michael about this who can talk about these games with a lot more eloquence oh, because yeah. it's it's the, been his job for true. a long time.
1: I mean, this is a game that even I could play mm-hmm. in that I just go fuck around. Yeah, you can fuck you know, around forever. I, I don't think I ever finished a mission in a single GTA game, but I've played a bunch of them.
0: Especially in uh, the early ones because they just like hide ramps and shit. So you could just you could do it, tricks. You like could
1: just drive in this car and then jumping out of the car at top speed. What happens? Yeah. I don't know. Uh this one in particular listening to the talk radio station.
0: Talk radio station with Laszlo, Laszlo baby
1: is so funny. And they mm-hmm. were hours of it it took forever for me to listen to the entire thing where i just like i borrowed uh michael's ps2 because like he was out of town he's like oh it's got a dvd player on it you can you can play dvds or you can play gta3 if you want and i just had it sitting there with me sitting in a car (laughs) just while i was like making dinner listening to the radio station from this video game because it was so funny
0: it's amazing they have their i mean it kicks it up a lot more in the bam in the second uh, in Vice City, but they have like celebrity DJs. Axl Rose is a DJ. Kenny Loggins is a DJ. And in, in this, it's like um, <laughs>
1: you just got Sarah's attention. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it starts here, and this is so impressive. It's the 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 last GTA protagonist to not have a voice because oh, uh, Claude yeah. doesn't talk. Everyone talks to him, and I think I'm trying to remember the. It's like Dennis Hopper, I think, and Michael Madsen. But people you've heard of are in this game, and that wasn't really happening to this extent. And GTA it just changed so many things. Uh, I, I played so, so much of it, almost 100% of everything, all hidden packages, rampages. Love GTA 3. Can't wait to see what they're doing with the um, remasters. Uh, I, I, I love growing up in this era, and this is a hot-button topic that sets children's watch groups heads on fire and the news can't stop talking about it to where we are now we're like sold 150 million copies everybody has this it's yep. it's a moot point to bring it up
1: children to just run around and shoot pedestrians no they know they, the difference they can if they want to we
0: played this at thanksgiving <laughs> with the whole family like it just doesn't matter anymore <laughs> we all, you were all freaking out over nothing for 10 years thanks thanks for making mm-hmm. uh draconian laws about regulating video games
1: this is around the point where i learned that anyone who is complaining about video games. If they start talking about earning points in a video game, I know <laughs> they've never seen
0: it. I think there's points in. The, are there points in GTA 3? There might be, in no, addition to they'll dollars. They always
1: say something about, like, and if you, you know, beat the prostitute to death, you get more points. Nope. And it's like, no. Okay, look, I have not You just get up the money back or whatever they will hold Until this point where I started dating someone into video games. So now I know what they look like. And I know it's not fucking Pac Man. You don't play for points.
0: You don't play for points we know that now because GTA 4 I thought it'd be hilarious I think the video's gone but I think it was the first person to make their mother play this on a video <laughs> because YouTube didn't exist yet and, and she was such a ham and just did everything naughty anyway like almost wasn't fun she did not react poorly to anything because I found out later on my mom was a closet gamer who likes playing Mm -hmm. games but anyway we'll talk more about that patreon.com slash laser time listen to VGA every Friday let's go out with Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears from Donnie Darko I just it's actually one of like my favorite shots in the film
1: it's a nice it's a beautiful shot uh, nice long take establishing Mm -hmm. shot to show in a day in a high
0: school yeah man Um, go out with Tears for Fears but hey stick around there's a lot more to talk about in 2011
1: Mr. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We'll go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of October 22nd through 28th, one recommendation, and I feel like, again, it's kind of a basic bitch recommendation, but it's a movie y'all should see because it's his 50th anniversary. Coming out this week in 1971 is The Last Picture Show, directed by Peter Bogdanovich, written by him and Larry McMurtry, starring Jeff Bridges. There he is again. Timothy Bottoms, Civil Shepherd, Cloris Leachman winning an Oscar, damn it. Uh, Ellen Burstyn, Ben Johnson, everybody on fire in this movie. It is so dang good. And strangely, I feel like a movie almost everyone can relate to in some way, even though you're not from, like, a shit-kicker-nowhere dying town in West Texas. The the idea of just, like, I need to get the hell out of here, and, like, I'm turning into an adult, but adults are like, they all got main problems, and I just, I don't know what I'm doing, man. It's like, that's the whole theme of it. It's just like, I don't know if anyone knows what the hell they're doing, but you know, it's about these, uh, teenagers, Timothy Bottoms, Jeff Bridges, Sybil Shepard, their romantic entanglements, the older folks in this town that they're like entangled with. And yeah, just, just an outstanding movie all around. Um, it's one of those where I heard it talked up so much as like, this is an important movie. You should watch this film school person. And I'm like, all right, I'll get to it. And then watch it and was like, okay. Yeah. I feel like that lived up to the hype. Um, Wow is really good and just you know as an aside the you must remember this podcast their series on Polly Platt who's married to Peter Bogdanovich at the time how instrumental she was in making this movie it's all really really interesting just like trying to pull all these tiny strings together to get this little thing done and they do a great job so yeah last picture show 1971 happy 50th anniversary that's it for this week stay classic <laughs>
0: Coming in with uh, Shake It Out by Florence and the Machine off of Ceremonials. That album is out oh. this week because we have shifted an entire decade to 2011, uh, October 22nd to the 28th. Uh, new releases also include Bad Is Me by Tom Waits, Audio Video Disco by Justice, and Milo Xylo by Coldplay. Someone Like Man. You by Adele is still number one.
2: Ceremonials is a great album by Florence and the Machine. And Shake It Out is a song that I guarantee if you're feeling like you've got to get yourself hyphy, for something, Hi-fi. or you gotta, you gotta like, you came out of like a bad performance review or something like that. This is the song that will heal your soul. I promise, All
0: it's right. really good. I think it's the first use of hyphy in the podcast. Despite Diana and I being longtime <laughs> Bay Area residents, uh, go for it. All right, yeah, I never hey, felt like hey, years... I used. I like it. Well, welcome to 2011. Let's talk about some uh, big ass movies because there are plenty of them. The Double. Starring Richard Gere, Topher Grace, Stephen Moyer, Odette Hussman, and Michael Sheen.
2: So, Mm. I
1: might have watched the wrong movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh You didn't watch a CIA thriller that, like, nobody had a nice thing to say about it? Sure didn't. (laughs) What did you watch? I might have watched the
2: one with uh, Jesse Eisenberg.
0: Oh, let's talk about that. That
2: (laughs) wants to be... A lot of things. I had a lot to say about. It. I was watching this movie, and I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot wait to talk about this." I got a lot to say about it. This movie is, I don't know. And then, oh, I got it's into from the...
1: 2013, and directed by Richard Ayote? Okay. Yep. 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 And then right. I got. I sat down to
2: start to record. We got into the dock, and I was like,
1: "What? Maybe I, I
2: might have watched the wrong movie."
0: Wow. Well, did, Sorry, any... y'all. did anybody y'all watch just... uh, David?
1: Well, well, how was that one? because Um, yeah this 2011 the double was like a cia thriller and just like no one had anything nice to say about it they're just like this has been done so much better before this is no no one cared
2: okay so uh well the 2013 (laughs) one i'm interested to hear that it was richard Iode because i love him but i did not love this movie because i kind of feel like it was trying really hard to be the coen brothers slash like Joe versus the volcano a little bit and then also a little Terry Gilliam and none wow. of it landed. Hmm. Okay. So he's done a Dostoevsky
1: short story. Oh my god. Wow, that's really confusing. Okay.
0: We also <laughs> have uh David Doolis, uh Joey Richardson, Vanessa Redgraven, Reese Eifens, and uh, Anonymous.
1: Yeah, so this <laughs> Oh my god, I don't even know where to start with this. So this is about Shakespeare, but it is on the oxfordian side of shakespeare is basically what if shakespeare was a pen name and never actually existed it's actually the earl of oxford wrote all those plays and shit
0: oh Um, that would change everything for me shrug (laughs)
1: yeah but now here's the weird thing is like okay this sounds like it's some artsy fartsy british import but no it's directed by the guy who directed day day after tomorrow and independence day (laughs) so (laughs) what yeah
0: roland Embrick?
1: yeah it's a roland emberick joint and it's i mean historically kind of all over the place and that idea has a lot of holes in it and boy literature folks they will fight like i hope there's like a 17th
0: century amphitheater that explodes into a million pieces
1: (laughs) oh one gets burned down i think of course it does okay you know that's as good as you're gonna get oh no look out for the gunpowder in that mule
0: Uh (laughs) back off everyone roland's time to shine yeah
1: it's um i mean some of it was kind of entertaining because there's like some of the political like court intrigue stuff is stuff that i really like obviously i've pushed elizabeth the movie with kate blanchett like a million times on the show i love the court intrigue stuff and it's had some of it it was kind of fun and vanessa redgrave as queen elizabeth is pretty cool casting but overall it was just like you have to be a very certain person to even want to show up for this (laughs) good on him for trying i guess but just yeah no very very narrow segment of the population will enjoy this and those will probably just start arguing with their tvs so
0: all right we also have uh like crazy with chris messina uh finola hughes oliver muirhead (laughs) alex Kingston, uh, Charlie Booley. I don't know if I'm saying any of these British names correctly. Jennifer okay. Lawrence, is that right? Felicity Jones and Anton Yelchin. Uh, like crazy. Oh,
2: I have a good tagline for this movie. You mm-hmm. I mean? Two people love looking for happiness instead should be looking for a hairbrush.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if
2: you've seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about. These people need to brush their dang hair. Yeah,
0: love in a time of uh, a lack of a conditioner. Uh,
2: that,
0: Damn! <laughs> i'm one to talk but uh i have i have anton yelchin hair and that's about all the only thing we share in common
2: yes and i understand uh, with curly hair you can't brush it but i'm just no. saying like both of these characters need to get a hairstyle
1: <laughs> well i mean this is it's a romance uh-huh. i guess romantic uh-huh. drama um where like felicity jones is an exchange student in the US and they fall in love. She falls in love with Anton Yeltsin, then she's gotta go back to the UK and she like there's immigration problems and then their relationships to fall start to fall apart. Then they come back together, then they fall apart, then they come back together. And it's um I think the most interesting thing about it is there was no real script. It was a thick outline and yeah. they improvised a lot of it. And that- so emotionally you know yeah. the performances ring really true from that i mean didn't make a ton of money it did real well uh on the festival circuit i think it won a couple things at sundance because it's very low-key and indie and actor focused and they love that shit it
0: also apparently costs no money
1: oh it cost mm-hmm. like nothing it costs like nothing it, mm-hmm. and it made like 20 times its budget it's good
2: and i i that's very interesting to hear that it was I guess, improv in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, the emotional uh, acting is very good, but it's basically the story of like two extremely selfish assholes making terrible <laughs> choices that make the rest of the people around them very miserable. Uh, for what, no a, what
0: a time to be white. It was 2011. Mm. <laughs> it was an amazing time.
2: Did you know that if you just ignore immigration laws for the fun of it, not because you're actually like experiencing some hardship in another country or like running for your lives, that you know you could just pretend like the power of love will just overcome everything, and then when it doesn't, you get to be real sad about it.
0: Oh, Italy it revoked made... my visa, even just... though I <laughs> Twitter paid <laughs> In
2: the reflection of the state of immigration right now mm. it doesn't age well
1: right That's
2: like,
1: yeah, you you guys have uh, resources and you're talking about first world countries where no one's going to get shot. So, look,
2: all I'm saying is that, like, Felicity Jen, she comes over to America to study in LA, like, and over makes the conscious decision, says, I'm just going to overstay my student visa because I just want to spend more time with you, this guy I just started dating. And then Mm -hmm. when she goes back to the UK, then when she tries to come back to the US, is like, oh, my God, I can't come back to the U.S. because I overstayed my student visa. And so, therefore, like, I basically, like, broke the rules that, like, oh, yeah. Well, no, we have this super sad love story.
3: Because
1: like, we learned from oh. 10 years ago. That's why. Because all the 9-11 guys overstayed their student visas. So, yeah, I, this is not a recommend <laughs> for me, honestly. Because yeah. now the more I talk about, the angrier I get. So, let's not. Okay. <laughs>
0: um man
1: enough. all right like crazy defend it in the comments if you feel like it
0: uh Uh, this next movie has a crazy distinction for me even though i have not seen it because the reviews mm. were terrible giovanni rubisi richard jenkins amber heard michael Rispoli, aaron eckhart and johnny depp in the rum diary johnny depp once again playing hunter thompson basically
1: yeah basically i mean this is an actual fiction novel by hunter thompson
0: but you know,
1: but it's yeah, I mean, the guy's a journalist, it's, it's so. based on his real what experience.
0: Gonna... And yeah. this this has the distinction of being one of my favorite audiobooks I've ever heard. And I've listened oh, to it like three times. That's solely due to Campbell Scott doing different voices for all of these characters. It's wonderful. One, I know he, we
2: always bring this up, but yes, he's a very renowned audiobook, yeah.
0: and he, he also reader. is a big Hunter Thompson fan, and I think has done a bunch of Hunter Thompson books. But about I don't know what industry this was in the 60s of, of American reporters being recruited to work in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and basically given – it's I don't know. It's given too much money and having too much free time and also yep. being writers and being hammered the entire time and getting into Hunter Thompson shenanigans.
1: Yeah, but less, much more low-key shenanigans yes. than Up Here in Loathing. Yes. Which is kind of the problem and not a lot happens. Mm-hmm. um my uh, michael is conf- is positive we watched this i don't remember a damn thing and because i remember hearing that it was coming it was coming because the rum diary the book was like not published yeah. for a long Shows. time and you know and it's this is written and directed by bruce robinson who did with nail and i which is you know cult classic yeah. and if i saw it i don't remember at all but according to michael it's they just sort of hang out and drink rum and um are rude to each other and then there's slight shenanigans and then everything's fine again like yeah. nothing happens and i'm like oh well poop <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: um what Come a great on. review I mean, put that in the I, box <laughs>
1: when I, when I want my 100 thompson there i want some you know i i want some incisive politics i want some hyperbolic wording and Probably some drug use that should get you killed. But, but it's it's,
0: it's nice that he it's it's riding from a location that's not like Vegas where you don't feel like you're constantly sweating gin uh, and wearing something too hot. It's a it's a Puerto Rico, one of the, the most beautiful places I have ever been to. Uh, fucking paradise, Puerto Rico. And uh, also out this week, I know this isn't Johnny Depp's nick of time, but it has no Matt be cool. Matt Matt <laughs> Bomber, okay bomber, okay boomer. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Olivia Wilde, Vincent Kartheiser, uh, Killian Murphy, Justin Timberlake, Amanda Siegfried. In time. In time. Let's go for a ride. In the future time is the only currency.
3: Four minutes for a cup of coffee. Please
0: deposit four minutes.
3: You only live twenty five years. Unless you get more time. If you had as much time as I have, what would you do with it? I wouldn't waste it. I will stop him. For a few to be immortal, many must die. No one should be immortal if even one person has to die. In
0: time. I've never seen this. But... Right.
2: This is a thing because yeah. Sam swears that we watched this movie and I have no recollection <laughs> of it.
1: <laughs> All right. So I did just watch this. And it, its I almost want to recommend it because of how goddamn on the nose it is. Like, mm. this is a movie without subtlety time is money and Mm -hmm. money is time period end of story how did we get here doesn't matter let's just go with it and so poor people like Justin Timberlake and his mom Olivia Wilde because aging stops okay 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 Mm -hmm. aging stops they live like day to day they literally if you don't go to work you're gonna run out of time and when you run out of time you just drop dead and then you know uh Justin Timberlake like, like meets up with Matt Bomer, who's like a rich guy, and you can tell he's rich because he has like a hundred years and is like sick of living and like you know this the system is yeah. all wrong and and then Justin Timberlake like goes undercover in the rich guy part of town where everyone has hundreds of years and you know obviously they're making a really really obvious point about income inequality.
0: Yeah, and they, all those people have like nineteen Squid Games going.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's just yeah, it is. It reminds me of, like, it's like a three-page Philip K. Dick story. Yes. Where it's just, like, a, a, a nice little allegory for our modern times. Here's an interesting idea, and then let's build a movie around it. Let's make a
0: bad movie out of it. And it's, it's something I realized yeah. a long time ago. Time is the only currency I really cared about. It's what I, I think we're all trying to buy for ourselves. And right. it's so, why, like, when my dad chats, like, why are you picking up a cigarette? And because, like, I don't care about time anymore. Uh, like... I'm not gonna be able to buy like forty years of not working like you and mom. I don't (laughs) like uh so instead instead I'll have this cigarette and we'll drink a lot tonight and eat a taco bell. And (laughs) I don't I don't have to worry about this shit.
1: So it's it's written and directed by Andrew Nickel, who has written good stuff. Mm. I mean he did Gattaca, so it's like, Like oh yeah, he
0: can
1: he can definitely he's got like looks a lot like Gattaca the sci-fi idea going on. So I wrote the Truman show. I forgot about that. Mm um and i like that they it does sort of have ideas within this world where it's like that's the thing i like about allegorical science fiction is that besides it being incredibly on the nose like you take a simple idea like people don't age and you run with it of like there's no way to know how old people are or things like justin timberlake gets spotted immediately in the rich part of town because he runs everywhere because poor people run everywhere because they have no time to spare. And mm-hmm. rich people do things as slowly as fucking possible. It's true. This creates a weird problem that they never it drove me crazy that it wasn't just one throwaway line to deal with this, because Amanda Seyfried is like this rich girl and she gets all her time stolen and now they have to go on the run. <laughs> and she's running everywhere in high heels. And I just wanted one line of her saying, I've never run before <laughs> in my life. I'm rich. <laughs> pre is for cores. it's fine it's interesting generally but it is I do like the I do say that it is zero
0: having lived in a big city for a long time anytime I'm with somebody who like runs across a crosswalk I'm like don't 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 stoop to that level make them wait uh, this is your time don't run across an intersection I would rather yeah. die <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, little things like, oh, you know, it actually, it kind of pairs decently with Snowpiercer, which is also just so goddamn on the nose, but fun. Like Snowpiercer is way better than this, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the idea that it's like the rich also create the conditions for poor people mm-hmm. dying intentionally because you can, ha- you need a pool of poor people. To support this small group of rich people at the top, but you also can't have too many poor people because then they might overthrow you. So they're like intentionally inflating the cost of things so that more poor people die. I'm while they hoard all the time.
0: In a snow piercer parasite and squid game world, I'm really starting to wonder like, what the fuck is going on in Korea right now? Like <laughs> like they're talking about income income inequality on a level that seems like we're supposed to want a revolution here, but it seems like something's ha- about to happen in Korea because <laughs> their mm-hmm. entertainment is wonderful yeah. right now.
2: Hopefully a yeah. revolution's happening here. Have you seen? No, no, I, I would say
0: not at all. Mm-hmm. I, just, prove me wrong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't cross a
2: picket line. doesn't matter who yeah. it is. Never There's cross a,
1: a lot line. of worker strikes going on right now. It's amazing to watch. Okay. Liking okay. it. So it. yeah, I guess it's like, if you want baby's first allegorical sci-fi, yeah. <laughs> is okay. it's like, I, I can't say it's bad. Like, no it has its ideas and it puts them all in there right. and then it moves and it's fine and gattaca
0: is so wonderful and this looks a lot like yeah. gattaca
1: yeah yeah is better than those two but
0: Nothing it's beats right. the number one of the box office movie this week. Diana's favorite.
1: Hey, I might surprise
0: you. I know. I think I, I know how you feel about this guy. Guillermo del Toro, Amy Sidaris, Billy Bob Thornton, Zach Galifianakis, Selma Hayek, Antonio Banderas. I have no problem with anybody in this cast. It, it's all very <laughs> wonderful. Number one of the box office, but it is also Puss in Boots. Hola, amigos. Look at your cat. Now back
3: to me. Now back to your cat. God, timeless. <laughs> Sadly, your cat is not me. But if he got off the catnip and got himself a cape and some boots... He could act like me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You are in an adventure. Nine lifetimes in the making. With a cat, your cat could act like. What is in your paw? Holy free hollies! It is golden eggs. Does your cat have golden eggs? I didn't think so. I'm on a horse.
0: I hate this so much. <laughs> that is Puss Very in Boots bad. capitalizing on an Old Spice Super Bowl commercial
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was the best ad i could find no
0: no it, it, but
1: you not like
0: we all know what this is because it was it was promised from the second antonio banderas's character was the breakout character in shrek 2 yep. which i'm not trying to come to terms with shrek is something that we're all supposed to acknowledge as being okay he was inarguably the best he part of be shrek our 2. next
2: president so <laughs> we should
0: all come to terms <laughs> yeah. and uh, well but just like if you can outshine eddie murphy and like which Eddie Murphy's amazing in those movies, but like mm-hmm. Puss in Boots found a different Puss in the movies found a, a way to be amazing and like uh in a different style in a very bold, what would you, a loud comedy uh be mm. quiet and uh Puss was a great character immediately a standout to me and I wanted to see him in all the other movies and it yep. feels like it took an extra ten years but here's his spinoff movie that I, was supposed yep. to go I think straight to video but got bumped up to a theatrical release.
1: Which is a good call, because the last two Shrek movies, Shrek, Shrek 3 and 4, were pretty bad. Is and this after Shrek 4? This is after Shrek 4. Wow, okay. Wow. This is technically the most recent Shrek film, or Shrek I adjacent I almost
0: did a film. spit take in the middle of that. I, I, thought, yeah. I really thought this was, yeah.
1: wow. So okay. 10 years. It's been 10 years since there's been a, a Shrek-related property. And Puss in Boots is so much better than Shrek 3 and 4 combined. Wow. Uh, here you wanna I can sell it to you please in, in a couple words here. No pop songs.
0: Oh what?
1: Just a straight adventure.
0: Not even like Magusta 2, it's not in there somewhere.
1: Nope. No <laughs> pop songs. Wow. To slow okay. things down, to date it, to annoy you. What no, no pop songs, which is like my biggest complaint about Shrek 3 is like there's back to back to back. It's so annoying. Just just make your damn movie. Yeah, it's actually it was a ton of fun. It was a lot better than I was expecting. And I know I'm I'm the Shrek defender here, but I only defend two, one and two.
0: Mm-hmm. I really
1: like those. I I don't like anything else. And. Except for this. This is a lot of fun. It's about Puss in Boots. We get a little bit of we origin We just story. talked if
0: there was a character you could call Puss on national television. Here Yay. Yep. Here we are. That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: We get his backstory in an orphanage growing up next to Humpty Dumpty, Zach Galifianakis. Perfect. Uh, and then...
0: <laughs> Very fragile man. <laughs>
1: yeah. He sounds so much like Patton Oswalt in this, though. It was oh, like, wow. I had to look it up. Like, Jesus, you guys sound a lot alike sometimes. Oh, wow, it's, like,
0: it's like Chris Pratt and Onward and like... Was- did Jack Black say no to this? Like, <laughs>
1: um... Humpty Dumpty betrayed him, and then that's why he's on the run as a bandit the rest of his life. And then they come back together to get magic beans off of Jack and Jill, who is Billy Bob Thornton and Amy Sedaris as terrifying hillbillies, really who live in a who live in a coach that's like pulled by demon boars. <laughs> it's fucking weird. But then they get the magic beans, and then they want to go get the goose that laid the golden egg, and Sweet. that's that's the whole plan. Selma Hayek is there as uh, a cat burglar kitty soft paws as with anything
0: oh, you had you had me and amy Sidaris. i will i will see anything she's involved in
3: word
1: dude mm. their seeds are so fu- just yeah i could just they're having these conversations going on like in the background of action scenes that are so funny about like billy bob or jack thinks like maybe we should settle down and have a kid <laughs> <laughs> and like having the serious conversations <laughs> while it's like goofy shit's going on yeah the 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 quality of the animation is really good. It's really beautiful. It's very action heavy. Comedy is all good. Guillermo del Toro as like the captain of the guard so always trying to get Puss uh, in Boots you know, in a very Zorro-y kind of way. Yeah. It's totally worth a watch, uh, particularly with kids. Okay. I was I really was just stealing myself of like, "Okay, this is going to fucking suck." And
0: <laughs> I great didn't. Time. Yeah. I stayed, I stayed very far away from it. All right. All
1: right. All right. Yeah. All right. No, Puss in Boots. It's oh. Yeah.
0: Sometime. Even uh,
1: if, hmm. if it were completely separate from, you know, Shrek and wasn't thinking about any of that, I would be like, what a fun direction for animation to go. Hmm. T- yeah. It, it really is, character. It is. Adults right. can watch it. Kids can watch it. It was a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm.
0: TV of 2011. I'm shocked. October 22nd to the 28th uh, World Series. St. Louis Cardinals beat the Texas Rangers. I know a number of people in my life who would be happy about that. Uh, mm. Shout out to you, Charles. Uh, and also. Man, this is so messed up. Within a couple of days of one another, Grim and Once Upon a Time de- debut. Yeah, yeah,
2: so two shows that I think a lot of people get conflated yes. in their mind. Yeah. I mean,
0: like I was. This is when I'm going to every Comic Con, and yeah. they're both like doing things to out compete one another, even though they're presenting the same concept.
2: These were two huge shows, and one of them outlasted the other. Yeah. Actually, I was telling Sam today, I was like, I love going through this history here because this is the first year that sam and i started dating so we started watching a lot of these shows together and we ended up watching a lot of Grimm together and so i pulled a little bit of the promo uh what sucked us into it
1: what they wrote about really happened you are one of the last grims
2: we have the ability to see what no one else can
1: when they lose control they can't hide and we see them for what they really
0: are. You need to be careful. You're vulnerable now. Okay, so the premise of Grimm is fables... Fable characters are living all among us, and one guy has the capability to see mm-hmm. his uh, fables.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he gets like a buddy who is one of like the fable people, but is trying to help him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I really like this show quite a bit, and I don't think it lasted for very long, unfortunately. Uh, just gonna
0: ask you this is the one that, like, kind of this is the uh, Studio 60 and the Sunset strip that falls away to the 30 Rock of mm. the other one.
2: Yeah, nope. I'm sorry.
1: I'm full of shit. It had six seasons. Six seasons. Yeah. It's six seasons, <laughs> but it looks like there's, there's, sh- well, no, I was gonna say they're shorter seasons, but no, 123 episodes. So yeah, okay. those are okay. Generally full seasons. I am guess... wondering if they like moved the time slot and it just it seemed like it disappeared because it's like now it's on Saturday nights and you're like, I don't yeah. know it's there anymore. That well, but, might have been but it. But the
0: other yeah, one the we, other one is like a Disney thing and like this infiltrated even stuff. I'd never watch this, but like if I put it on my tangled DVD, there'd be a promo for this show.
2: Yeah. And... So the other one is Once Upon a Time, which is basically Well, I pulled a promo that hopefully will explain at least a little bit of the first season. But this thing gets so convoluted. Like, Mm. it just goes (laughs) all over the place.
1: Welcome to Storybrooke. Time is
2: frozen here. Excuse me? The evil queen did it with her curse. She sent everyone from the enchanted forest here. Then why does everybody just leave? They can't. If they try, bad things happen. It has begun. It's the idea that these fairy tale creatures have been like trapped in this town and
1: can't leave
2: and are in kind of a dimension warp basically
0: hmm. and i just remembered right, so, working in so entertainment is,
1: so all right so grandma's like a police procedural and yes. is this is more like yes. a soap opera Yes, it's it says yeah. from
0: the writers of lost and uh, I, I remember working in press and i'd get like press releases in like a uh, Hansel and Gretel joined this season. Like they, they, <laughs> this public right. domain character is coming to Once Upon a Time. It's gonna be well, insane.
2: It was the idea of like a lot of Disney characters. Yes, coming yeah. through.
0: No, no, for sure, for sure, uh, and, and Disney esque versions of those characters. Even though it still felt like they were skating the line, like they were gonna be sued by themselves somehow. Hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, it's got a good cast though. Oh, yeah. fantastic cast. Jennifer, Jennifer Goodwin. Goodwin. Yeah, yeah morrison i know robert carlisle was on there for Beg a while v? jamie dornan's on there for a while yeah
2: yeah so
1: grim i loved it was it
2: was kind of dark uh it definitely seemed like a gritty absolutely like kind of a police procedural where this guy was in these, like in this town where people would die of like mis- mysterious deaths or whatever. And he was able to see underneath, basically, just see that there were these mythical creatures that were like murderous. And I really liked it, but you know, obviously he fell off of it. But I think it was it was a grittier version, I think, of what mainly what a lot of people were looking at Once Upon a Time for, which was just like kind of a fantastical thing.
0: Mm. Hmm. Yeah, Grimm looks a lot more like Fables, uh, the, thing I, yes, the comic I actually read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah I was thinking
1: like. that or Constantine.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, yep, Constantine. Yep. Good, Both good of those, bold, I, I think,
1: are good parallels, yeah.
0: Tell me, Please tell me everything about happy endings, spooky endings, because I'll go rewatch it tonight. Uh... Oh,
2: my – well, I just wanted to mention it because I love a good Halloween episode of any situation mm. comedy, and mm-hmm. this is a great one because the costumes are on point. I don't even want to spoil it by telling you – What people are dressed up as because they are so insane. But if you're, I know that when we were like younger, when we were kids, when we talk about like the TGIF age of Mm -hmm. of sitcoms,
0: I'm a pirate.
2: (laughs) They did a lot of really good Halloween episodes. Mm -hmm. Happy endings really committed and did some great Halloween episodes of their characters dressing up, of having the episode storylines fully incorporate the halloween idea and the whole storyline so yeah happy endings fantastic. is the best, best is the out. best
0: show i've ever been introduced to on this show
2: oh you're welcome yeah,
0: just, mm. yeah. yes
2: uh, also i have been telling you to watch it for a very very you long ha- absolutely time
0: absolutely have not <laughs> it almost never happens 100% did you, you, okay. you you've asked me to watch black monday more than than happy endings I'll
2: well, say you
1: should watch.
0: That. I would rather watch Happy End. <laughs> Books, Sarah, don't go away just yet. Oh, Stop wait, taking. There's a one of more, stuff.
1: one more TV thing we went out. Oh, I position.
0: missed it. This is my time to shine because, like,
1: yeah. I thought we were saving this for like, uh, the, the, the end. This is big. um
0: because I was going to New York Comic Con every year, and one of my favorite things I ever saw is flying into the JFK and then getting in my cab, and there is a twelve-story Beavis and Butthead crawling up a building advertisement. Um. And it's like new episodes because Mike Judge apparently had a standing offer from MTV. Like anytime you want to do this again, anytime we will, you are allowed to bring Beavis and ButtHead back. And I think King of the Hill had ended, The Good Family didn't go, and mm-hmm. Silicon Valley wasn't on yet. And Mike Judge is like Beavis and ButtHead. Uh, yeah. let's let's bring let back. Just do a season.
1: Yeah, You're let's not- do
0: let's do it. I mean, I think that was vaguely due to MTV's lack of interest, but like because but I watched it and I I, I am look. I've said that before. I'm a constant examiner of nostalgia. I never expected Beavis and Butthead to hold up. I mm-hmm. thought it was very of its time. It is pretty timeless and funny, <laughs> uh, the old episodes, and yep. the new ones were even better. Like,
1: Dude, I I was worried because like every Gen Xer, I suppose, was like, but MTV doesn't play videos anymore. What are they going to do? Is it just going to be the cartoons? Them making fun of was... all the MTV reality shows.
0: So much better. It was like so
1: much better.
0: It was, so, it was, it was awesome. And like the music videos are part of the reason you can't get Beavis and Butthead complete. And and whereas these episodes, you can kind of, I think you can see all of them in their entirety. And they, you, Beavis and Butthead, instead of uh watching music videos in between, would watch MTV's reality shows, Teen Mom yeah. and especially Jersey Shore. And I have a <laughs> clip of that, of Beavis and Butthead commentating on Jersey Shore. And this is. So much better than their commentary on music videos.
3: When I'm 80 years old and I'm teaching my kids how to make pizza and they ask me, oh, where'd you make pizza? Bitch, I made it in Florence. That's where I made pizza. So she's
1: gonna call... Her grandkids, bitch. <laughs>
0: hey, you're the best grandma ever, Grandma
3: Jay Wow. <laughs> yeah, please don't hit us again. Are <laughs> Uncle Juicehead and Grandpa Gorilla gonna help us make pizza?
1: <laughs> grandma Jay where did you get syphilis?
3: <laughs> yeah, tell us that story, bitch! <laughs>
0: <laughs> God damn it. Like, uh it's I, I remember even seeing the, the writers on this show were like I don't know who wrote the original show, but they're like, these are actually like, comedy writers. Like, th- th- this okay. show is so much funnier than the old Beavis and Butthead, which is still really fun.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. This is one of the few times in my life I have done a full-on comedy spit take because of something happening on TV. <laughs> when they start doing movie reviews and they say they're going to review The Human Centipede.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just hearing those words coming out of their mouths. <laughs>
0: You call your grandkids bitch is still like got me so hard in the middle of this. Uh, Beavis and ButtHead are back, and ten years later, like we were just talking about that today. I know we we did a laser time about channel drift. MTV wins the award because it's all ridiculousness all day long, and I keep Mm -hmm. saying I'm not does MTV, MTV doesn't play music videos anymore. Like fuck that. MTV doesn't play Daria, Beavis and Butthead, Jackass, Tom Green, yeah. Andy, like all the Andy Dick show, all this funny shit they used to do. I'd much rather they do that. And now comedy central is just going to do it for them. So Beavis and Butthead and Daria are on their way back. Books of 2011 that are out this week. Oh, take a hard, I'm not pronouncing this Sarah. I'm not pronouncing it.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, on the 25th, IQ84 Oh, that was, was it? I thought this was
0: some kind of leet-speak. Like, no. Fast too Furious. Or...
2: <laughs> IQ84 was published by Haruki Murakami. Um, mm-hmm. I mainly put this in because uh, he's a very famous Japanese writer. I've read a couple of his things. He really is into uh, magical realism. Like, I read mm-hmm. Kafka in the Shorts and very... Um, very dense. And so I've read a lot of IQ 84. I haven't read all of it. I kind of selfishly put this in the doc to talk about because I want to know if any of our listeners have read it and is it worth it because it got mixed reviews here in the United States. A lot of people thought that it was uh, needlessly repetitive, but it is basically uh, the plot is even like very difficult to even describe, but it's basically about a young woman who is a seems to be an assassin and she starts to see that there are changes that are happening in her reality that she can't really account for. And then on the other hand, there's a young woman who is in a cult and all these stories seem to be combining at some point, but yeah, it's a very 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 long book <laughs> um, and so like i said i selfishly wanted to talk about the publication day because a i love haruki murakami very much i love what he does but i'm also kind of like this is a huge book and you guys do i need to keep reading it like has anyone else read this i need some reviews from people i trust it book is, listeners okay let me know
0: I, i've been overwhelmed by an episode of thirty twenty ten before we're like listeners please tell me if i need to check this out please um, sometimes
2: we're we come to you with questions I like mean, please help us I,
0: I i no one complains about the show on that level but there's like try and read and watch and <laughs> play everything that comes out this it, it's like we're lucky we were all so into this stuff at the time we can even talk about things on this level because i guarantee none of you played as many of the games as i did for example, that came out this week. I was full on in a uh, for one happy BlizzCon 2011. Uh, BlizzCon is happening right now. Kirby's Dreamland for Wii is out. The uh, semi remake, um, Centipede Infestation. The yes, I believe the last centipede game ever made. No way. Yeah, uh, but now a bad Wii remote shooter uh, is out. Dan Central 2. Also played that. Did you? I did. Did Did you go to a Disney Universe appointment? And I just remember I was always I know I seem disorganized now because I don't care but uh yeah. but but at the time like I was I did not get any in any trouble breaking an embargo or like talking about something but I like yeah I wore a Robin Hood outfit and I they're like you can't talk about our Robin Hood outfit and like nobody cares that there's a Robin Hood outfit in this game are we gonna play this are, are you really gonna like break my ball never mind I should bring leave that for the Patreon show like the the, the weirdest Disney email chain I've ever had don't mention there's a Robin Hood outfit. In the game where all you do is have outfits of Disney characters, I shouldn't <laughs> mention there's a Robin Hood outfit. Really? Are you going to save that for the second month? This game I tanked mean, like a motherfucker. It this,
2: is the sexiest outfit.
0: It's Yes, it's all I wanted to wear. I wanted my fucking green hat and my orange face. Uh, Pixel Junk side-scroller is out. Love my Pixel Junk. Battlefield 3, a game uh, the last Battlefield I played a ton of, is out. I think this is the one with a uh, really bad campaign or no campaign. And one of my favorites. Weird, possibly bad games of all time. Diana, your husband can speak to this. House mm-hmm. of the Dead Overkill, a simple uh. zombie game, takes a page from Grindhouse, a movie that was not a success, mm-hmm. and and builds, it builds itself as, it goes full Grindhouse, very, very over the top with its language and content. This is, I don't think this has been re-released on any other platforms in the modern era, but it is the last House of the Dead game. Mm. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it's It's... Got a lot to apologize for, <laughs> it's, for sure. But uh, if you if you see it out there, I just remember they sent all all of all of us uh, House of the Dead stuff in VHS cases, um, like hmm. the game code and shirts for the game, and old school like uh, mom and pop store VHS cases. Really, really excited me. Not clamshells, but like that clear case. You
3: get uh.
0: yeah. That's 30, 20, 10. We, Like like Stay tuned. I want, we're going to tell you who died during this period and uh, who was born during this period. I'm telling you to listen to Laser Time. It's going to be a new one out this week or next, and hopefully a Halloween episode. I'm fucking really under the gun right now. Uh, and uh, patreon.com slash laser time, where we will go more in-depth in the games, the Vich Game Apocalypse Boys. You can also listen to Vich Game Apocalypse every Friday. And uh, nobody puts classics in the corner. There's at least two new episodes of that coming out as soon as i can yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's a lot to do die where can people find you
1: well they can find me on the twitter at listening nerd l-e-c-i-n-e-n-e-r-d or follow the show at 302010 podcast at 302010 podcast and teasing next week oh we're going to have a very Harold and kumar christmas which oh. means i'm gonna to have to go back and watch that movie not high out of my mind <laughs> and we're going to learn a great new song we can all sing called "Put That Thing Back Where It Came From," or so help me.
0: I don't know what that is. I will learn next week,
1: just in time for spooky season. The least spooky movie about monsters <laughs> ever made, and the, Yay, the, the wow. Disney Plus
0: series I forgot existed. And uh with that out of the way, who died during this period? Died.
1: Oh, uh, it is a bad week for science. God damn it! <laughs> it usually yes. is. Yeah, uh, seriously. Well, let's start with, in 1991, we lost Gene Roddenberry, creator of Star Trek. He was 70. Mm. Yeah, that that one hurt a lot of people, man. I've I seen, mean, he had a crazy career outside of Star he, Trek.
0: He did, and he was also kind of like, kind of a rambunctious guy. I've seen a lot of Star Trek documentaries. and
1: Oh, he liked uh, drugs.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people <laughs> on the Next Gen Tip were like, oh, thank God. Uh, oh, dear. We can continue to do our job. Thank God he's gone. But, um, oh. yeah, like that's that's what i and i'm not the biggest star trek fan in the world but like uh gene roddenberry's death is complicated yeah um but
1: just just the idea of having an optimistic sci-fi show in the 60s yeah we needed that stuff man that's why it spoke to so many people for you know more than 50 years yeah then in 2011 in the same week, man, we lost Carl Wood who is one of the main developers of in vitro fertilization, who's 81, so a lot of people
0: Wood, are here in vitro because of us. Wood.
1: He's a lot of people are here because of him, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> and Wilson Green Greenbatch 92, the inventor Batch. of the implantable pacemaker.
0: No, oh. Hmm.
1: A lot of lives saved or created by two guys Holy and they both died in the same week.
3: Yeah.
0: Never met a woman with a pacemaker. Is that a thing?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Heart a, disease
1: not, is the number one killer of
2: women.
0: It's not just fat loud dudes. Sorry, I don't I feel like that was insensitive. Um but No,
2: fat loud dudes are like the number three killer of
0: women. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, what's gonna happen to me? But with that out of the way, birthdays Oh, birthday is a doodly doo a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do birthday.
1: birthday quiz. This guy's life, also pretty nuts, but Turning 60 this week. Born October 26, 1961 in Waterbury, Connecticut to teenage parents. Whoa. His dad was 17 and his mom was 15 years old. Whoa! When he was six, his mother was shot and killed, probably by her boyfriend who had mob ties. And five years later, his body was found in the trunk of his own car.
0: Wait, the, the guy like was talking? The mother's
1: boyfriend's The mother's body? boyfriend, who probably is the one that killed her, but he never went to jail for it. Okay.
0: He the died mother's in the boyfriend's,
1: boyfriend's body was found in the trunk of his own car. Right. And he almost definitely shot the mom in the head.
0: So she was dead yeah. too.
1: Yes. Uh, so he was raised by his grandma and then took trips to New York to visit his father who ran a bar in the village. Uh, with that background, it's not a shock. He had a drinking problem and has been sober since 1984. So good for him. Huh. Rob Lowe. No. Fair enough guess, though.
0: But I was going to say Mickey Roar.
1: No. <laughs> his backstory gets weirder. So his dad that he's visiting married Eve Ensler, author of The Vagina Monologues. But she was a bit younger than his dad's, and she ended up adopting him when he was fifteen, and she was twenty-three.
2: Judd Nelson.
0: (laughs) It's a wonderful stab in the dark. Why not? Yeah. I'm laughing at. Smoke up, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, He started taking acting classes. He studied with Sanford Meisner, who's kind of a legend. In the same class as Allison Janney. Cool. Huh. All right. So with all that horrible, I'm at a total loss. Bradley Whitford. Interesting guess, but that's not a... it. Okay, movies of his we have talked about. They're all over the place. Uh, his film debut was Hamburger Hill, Vietnam movie. Also talked about Till There Was You, Three to Tango, Into the Badlands, Steel Magnolias, me. Hardware.
0: No, don't give us uh, to Sarah. No. Dylan
1: McDermott. Yes, it is Dylan McDermott. God damn it! I <laughs> gave that to Sarah.
2: <laughs>
1: yes, oh, <I'm> Steel <laughs> Magnolias. Uh, I knew yeah. if you didn't get it on Steel Magnolias, then Chris would get it's it. More
0: like hardware, Stolen but. Answer. God damn it.
1: Yeah, plus American Horror Story, Murder House, and The Practice. Yeah, Dylan McDermott comes wow. from shit. He sure wow. enough does. Damn. And he pulled it together. Wow.
0: I, I yeah. mean, that's remarkably well-adjusted kind of upbringing. Holy shit. He
2: yeah. pulled it all together just to get confused constantly with Dermot Maroney. Yeah, I know,
0: who man. probably didn't go through any of this shit. Yeah, all my well, parents had fellowships.
2: <laughs> Dermot Maroney is a concert cellist. Just, let's not forget. <laughs> yeah. And also Ooh. played the cello for uh, Star Wars soundtrack, but
1: what? No way! Really?
2: Them, they're more recently. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. We're not talking about yeah. him. We're talking about Dermot Moreau. No, we're talking yeah. about <laughs> <Julie>. Dylan. Dylan, <laughs>
1: yes. yeah. So Dylan McDermott's stepmom was Eve Ensler. Whoa. And the story of I think like one of his first. I think his first kid being born is in Vagina Monologues. I don't remember that part, but huh? There are a lot of monologues. I, I cannot so I believe know.
0: you don't remember my monologue, but. <laughs> They've edited out of history. Horrible. Are we really closing out with this song? Because it describes exactly what I'm talking about. Can't stop this thing we started. Because uh, it's not, the show is not based on our own interest. It's just based on things that come out.
1: It's whatever comes out. there Sarah, were a Sarah looks very of tired. <laughs> I wanted to go with this as yes, also the the feeling of ending a show and then immediately being like, "All right, what do I got to watch for next week?" Oh god, there's too much. Yep. Um plus yeah, Brian Adams song is on the charts this week in 1991. Plus, I think it sounds a little bit like a Certain song by Tears for Fear, so it just sort of all ties everything together.
0: Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, let's close out with that. Brian Adams, thank you so much. patreon our patrons at patreon.com slash lasertime. Thank you guys immensely. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.
3: Let's make it